welcome back to Beer Buddies. I'm back. I'm back after you know Chris tried to get rid of me and have Miles sub for me. Love you, Miles. But I'm back. That's right. The zombie episode. I think uh, it was well received. All all five of you subscribers, we appreciate you. It's <laughs> good. We got good feedback. It's good to be back. I've been out of the state, going to school. Um, but we got some more content coming out in the next couple months. I know it's it's slowed down for us, but uh. Chris actually had an idea for what we're doing tonight. We're, we're driving to Smart Mart, Chris. Oh, yeah, one of our favorite spots, definitely. Uh, so what are we what are we trying to do, Chris? What's what's the premise of the episode tonight? So uh, you live in the Midwest, or the South, I guess, depending on which side of Norman you're walking, right? But uh, I've, I've traveled to the Midwest a few times, quite a few times, uh, especially when I was old enough to drink beer and pay attention to what's going on. Notice that... At least in the Sacramento region, we're really spoiled as far as the accessibility of beers that aren't local. Like, a lot of stuff that we have here is from, uh, you know, we get stuff from Nevada, Oregon, Washington, San Diego, you know, stuff from the East Coast sometimes. Uh, we are literally, this is one, like one of my favorite parts about Sacramento, we're driving from my house to a store that sells beer from all over the place. So uh, one of my uh, favorite examples I like to tell people that haven't been familiarized with like the bottle shop system and all that is uh, say I want to get a beer from Revision well they're in Reno Nevada I don't want to drive two hours each way and buy a four pack of beer but I can just drive ten minutes from my house and get whatever they just put out brand new you yeah. know like we can get all the new stuff and it's, it's down the street then if I want to go the other direction it's 15 minutes there's two more stores the other way like there's we're so spoiled here with our selection it's crazy well even to add on to that so the, you know, I'm living in Norman, Oklahoma right now, and that's right outside Oklahoma City. The best brewery, if you ask most people who are into the scene in Oklahoma, the best brewery in Oklahoma City is uh, Prairie Artisan Beer Ale. Beer, uh, Prairie Artisan Ales, sorry. Prairie Artisan Ales in Oklahoma City, and we get their new stuff out here sometimes from halfway across the country they will distro some of their limited edition stuff to Sacramento because that's what a hub we are for yeah. craft beer. Because there aren't bottled, like, we're driving to Smart Mart because we're eventually going to land at my house when we record the later part of the episode. But we're also driving past a handful of bottle shops and craft beer stores that we could be getting similar varieties. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, a little bit of a limited... Uh, selection considering but you know we're driving past the one that's right down the street from your house we're driving past yep. the one that's right down the street from my house we're driving past sunset mart oh yeah sunset's great um to go to smart mart so that's just three stores that we know of in one direction in one direction um just, so yeah it's, it's it's amazing but it's also like we always talk about how the beer scene in california or at least from what we see here in sacramento Bay Area, it's really dynamic, it's changing really quickly, and I've, I've been curious and thought about lately, maybe this is why, maybe we have access to so many beers from all over the place, that we can run through beer faster than most regions can, we can sample more varieties, what's new, what's out there, you know, we can more develop palate more quickly, if you're into that sort of thing, there's a lot of people that aren't, but if you're into that sort of thing. Well, you know, I wonder, so, the not so wonderful thing about Sacramento is we're also the sex trafficking hub uh, of the world yeah. because we have uh, 50 and 5. 80. Um, 49. 5 goes 
north to south from Mexico all the way to Canada. Yep. And then 50 goes from Sacramento all the way to Maryland, which is a very... Mm-hmm. Well, then uh, you got Highway 80 that goes from San Francisco to New Jersey. Yeah, you so... Know, all the way through, um, Yeah, they all go through the middle of the city. It makes me wonder, then, if Sacramento is just an easy spot to distro to because the truck's already mm-hmm. heading down that way. So are you saying distro whether it's beer or people? Yeah. You find what you're looking for here? <laughs> that was a very dark and unfortunate way for me to arrive at the conclusion that Sacramento is yeah. uh, very strategically placed for various ventures in trafficking, mm-hmm. whether it be beer or, unfortunately, people. I wish it wasn't the case, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, for, we're, we're appreciative of the beer. Um, I actually was noticing this. Jordan and I travel around, and we... When we first started getting into beer, we hit these bottle shops where we hit like uh, a tap room where they have a bunch of different beers on tap from all over the place. It's not, you know, let's try all kinds of stuff. We're curious. We're just trying stuff. We got really snobby and like really focused. At one point, we decided to go to breweries only, just straight, you know, right to the source. So we started traveling around a little bit, testing stuff out right from the brewery. But now we're kind of, I don't know, I, I kind of like going back to these bottle shops sometimes, you know? Well, it's a mixed bag. It sort of streamlines. Like, don't don't get me wrong. My favorite thing is to pick a brewery, go hang out, try whatever they have because they don't put all of this stuff in cans. No. Um, and it's a great way to have fresher beer and talk mm-hmm. to the people who make it. Oh, yeah. And also have some frustrating experiences because sometimes you're talking to people who don't know what they're talking about. But pound for pound, that's still my favorite thing. You do a flight of things that aren't in cans that you can't get. But for... Another night out, you can just go like down the street, pick up a four-pack, go home. You and I can split four cans, drink through our basically a build-your-own flight from all these different breweries. Yeah. And really get to try a lot of cool things. And some of these breweries aren't super convenient to drive to, like you talked about yeah. with Revision, or if we wanted to do. Um, well, we used to get a lot of hoppas out here. We got Belching Beaver from San Diego. We got uh, a lot of Deschutes from Oregon. Uh, you know, of course, we got Sierra Nevada from Chico. It's right. far away. But places like, you know, I don't, if you got to drive, I mean, beer's great, but I don't know any beer drinker that would really drive more than an hour or so for a beer if it's, unless it's a really special occasion or like a can release or something, you know. Or Pliny. Or, yeah, unfortunately. Stop drinking Pliny, guys. I mean, I. <sighs> I'm not saying it's not good, but I'm saying there's better stuff out there for you. That's all. Right. Instead of driving the hour for Pliny, you could drive 15 minutes to any bottle shop in the area, right? And get a double IPA mm-hmm. that is just as good. Or find Pliny. Apparently, it's everywhere now. I actually was at, I forget where I was, but I texted uh, a picture to you guys, the, the Growler Gang boys. Uh, it was <laughs> a fridge. And normally, Pliny, they restrict the number of uh, bottles that you get or in your distribution when you oh, get your shipment. Cool. You, I think you get two cases or something like that. You have to sign up for a list. It used to be nuts. It used to be crazy where, you know, it was really hard to find. It was part of the marketing. But I, I must have seen 30 or 40 bottles in a fridge somewhere about two months ago. Just chilling. Like, apparently, no one was buying it there. It's a good beer. I just, you know. With the, that's what I'm saying. With the availability of all these other ones from all over the place... Maybe the Sacramento area palette just changes quicker than, you know, a lot of these places can keep up with. So, with all of the bottle shops then, why are we, other than, okay, so we've established a couple reasons why we're going to Smart Mart, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm going to cycle back to why Smart Mart then, why are, 
Because I think a good chunk of this episode is also going to be talking about when we go to stores, what are we looking for? How do we make decisions? Do we go to the staples? Do we go to the new stuff? And sort of, you know, unpacking some of that tonight. And some of it's going to just be whatever I'm in the mood for and what kind of jumps out at me. But Mm -hmm. we sort of talked about um, Smart Mart will have beers from all kinds of areas. And we'll have a greater selection. Is there any anything else we've kind of left out? Uh, the selection I want to emphasize because Smart Mart has barrel aged stuff. They have some special edition, like you know, the, the wine bottle. I forget what it is, the 750 milliliter. Some of the breweries are using now for like special releases. They always have the good stuff. Uh, like it's one of those stores specifically at Smart Mart and a couple other places where even if you don't really know what you want, you can walk in there and find something. You know, you can find something good. And the fact that they do single pint cans is amazing. Because it's one of my things that I don't like when you're trying new beers. You buy a four-pack and you don't like it. So what do you do with the other three? As a good friend, I wouldn't give it to you guys because I didn't like it. You probably won't like it, you know. You can just give it away. But you had to buy four. In a couple of these places, it's awesome. You can buy one can. If you want to buy one can of beer, you can buy one can of beer. Well, even like, so the distribution actually goes out, I just remembered, even goes out a little bit further mm. um, than even Oklahoma City. Because when I was in Minnesota, I tried this brewery called Surly Brewing that I've talked oh, about in the previous right. episode. Um, that's uh, pound for pounds, at the very least, the best brewery I've ever been to. Like, I, I can't say, like, it's from a broad selection to the quality of the beer to food that paired with the beer. Like, there wasn't a single thing at Surly's. Like, you could, like, if you liked beer at all, you couldn't like go to Surly's and have a bad time there's just no way um and Smart Mart had a can of Surly over the summer like they had a Surly beer in the store which is pretty ridiculous to have Mm -hmm. a craft beer all the way out in Minnesota like yeah oh that's the uh, only place I've ever seen it out here I don't know how big Allagash is, but they always have Allagash. That's one of the ones you... It's hit and miss, but that's from Maine, isn't it? So Allagash yeah. is a little bit bigger. A little bigger, okay. Um, that makes sense then. But uh, they are hit and miss, and Allagash... I mean, from Maine, it's a pretty pretty big find. Yeah, it's a long ways. But yeah, this uh, Smart Mart, they... Uh, they always seem to have the good stuff, and the so okay. So maybe about this. What, what's your method? Because you said you were gonna circle back to um, something here. So I think. Turn here. Oh, uh, right? Or am I wrong? You're wrong. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Never mind. I'm taking Chris on a detour. Um, you know, I think so. We could talk about that now, but I think. Some of it will have to kind of cycle back to after we get back to my house oh, and kind of yes. okay. reflect on the selection. So ultimately going in, I think the first two things I'm considering are what are the things that are new that I haven't had? Mm-hmm. And two, what is my palate in the mood for? Okay. Because Interesting. Um, those are the first two things that kind of come to mind. Like what haven't I seen? Is there a new brewery that I haven't seen before? Because that's how we came across Hoppus. Hoppas and the and Hoppas. And yeah. What haven't yeah. I seen before? And then also, what am I in the mood for? Because there have been times where we've gotten beers we know we liked, but our palate was feeling something else, and we haven't had a fun night drinking beer because we went with more of what our brain wanted and less of what our heart wanted. Yeah. And so, um, 
And then the third thing I consider is really, so it's related to the palette thing. Am I trying to have a balanced selection? Am I feeling more malt forward styles? Am I feeling more hop forward styles? Mm-hmm. And sort of arranging and constructing some kind of flight, like being mindful of what I'm drinking. Yeah. So like if I'm going to drink IPAs and I say, hey, you know, I'm actually like, it's summertime. I'm really in the mood for some hoppy beers. I might do a West Coast double, a uh, single hazy, double hazy, and then like a double dry hopped that New Glory put in the store or something. You know, like something yeah. that, and like pick a different variety of hops. Like you wouldn't want to pick all West Coast hazies that all use like Citra and Amarillo. Nah. That, and you know, because you're basically getting the same beer for mm. four cans and the point for us doing these mixed four packs is to be able to try as many varieties as possible. So then maybe you're doing like a collab can from two breweries you like, an IPA, a darker beer, and a sour potentially, you know, and mixing it up. Or maybe you're doing all dark beers and you're doing like maybe there's a brown ale, a porter, and two stouts that you like. That yeah. kind of idea. Okay. But I think really it starts with what am I in the mood for? And what haven't I had? Because this scene is so rapid in its mm-hmm. production. It's and very dynamic. Also, um, that's kind of what, I mean, I lost my train of thought, but like that's kind of what you search for is there's we've we search for at least mm-hmm. is like what's new, what's out there, what's happening in the beer world, what haven't we had? Because we've also had a lot of beer. So. <clears throat> I was asking because I was I was curious. We have different methods, and uh, I wanted to highlight those methods. Uh, you're more adventurous than I am, which is why we've tried some of the newer beers or some of the smaller places or newer places that we've had. Um, I tend to be more fixed. I'm old, so I have you know I've, I'm set in my ways like old man. So I walk in, and uh, I'm 28 and Chris is 31. Just so we understand yeah, the the age gap here. And 31 gray hair. But uh, I look for the places that I know are good, like, you know, Moonraker. I don't like to drive the Moonraker, but I like their beers. So I'll see if they have anything new. I look for Moonraker. I'll look for New Glory. I look for, uh, you know, some of, the, some of the, the big hitters from around here. See what they have in the can releases. Sometimes it's just out of curiosity of what makes it out of the brewery and what makes it, you know, like... Especially Moonraker. Sometimes their can releases are completely different from what's on tap. It's kind of funny. And well, sometimes the things they put in the can aren't even as good as the things that you can get there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, looking for new stuff. Looking, you know, it's like you. It's like, what am I in the mood for? Uh, there are beer styles that I know I like. And I know I don't. Ones I don't like. Are we hanging out? Is it just me by myself? But sometimes I'll just get a couple of hazies and just do some homework or edit photos all night drinking a couple of hazies or, uh, or even like one barrel aged like really heavy hitting stout. Sure, and that, sip that all night. That's a good point. Like, are we? Are you gonna be working and like yeah. editing photos? Am I drinking three or four beers while I watch the game, or are we hanging out and we're tasting and we're learning about beer? I yeah. think all drives that too. So I have another point that I think you'll agree with me on though looking for new beers the one thing that i do look for like you said you don't you don't want to have the same ingredients in each beer but i look for cans that have the description of the ingredients on the can if i can see what's in it i'm already interested 
uh, you know, I, even if I didn't feel like having it before, <laughs> yeah. I'm already like, all right, these guys know what they're doing. I, we should I have like a it. podcast code of conduct, and that's mm. like one of the things that we we abide by. Like, yeah. if they put the ingredients on the can, we'll probably try it, as long as we like the ingredients. You yeah, know what I mean? and if you're a big brewer and you, and you have come out with a new beer, and you don't put what's in it on the can, I get upset. I get really upset. It hurts my feelings. Uh, it makes me feel like I'm just like a, a sheep in a herd. That you just crank <laughs> beer out and I'm just supposed to put it in my mouth. No, I want to know what you did. I want to know, what if I like it? That's the whole point of us doing the, our beer adventures. What if I like the beer? What I want to learn about it. What's in it? How they make it? Right. You know, what's the combination of malts that they have? What's the combination of hops that they have? Do they dry hop it? Do they, you know, do they age it? Is there fruit in it? Oh, there's some breweries that just drive me nuts where you just look at the can and it just says the name. Like, well, cool. What? what you, I, I have to Google it sometimes. Like, what kind of beer is this, you know? Is it right. a PA? Is it a Red Ale? I have no idea. Right. Like, I, just, I don't want to be like that. I want to be more educated. That's more. a big point. So when, you're, when we are hunting for something new, it's more than just what haven't we had. It's also presentation on the can. Some of it's name recognition, right? Some mm-hmm. of it's breweries we've heard of and they're like, oh, shoot, we haven't seen this in stores before we'll probably grab a can just to try it yeah um but a lot of it is if you can like if someone if a brewery comes out with an ipa and they go double hazy dry hopped with el dorado and citra hops we're like yes give me that you know like that's yeah that's that's with us thank you exactly um yeah so we just got to smart mart the next thing you guys are going to hear is us kind of talking out loud about the selection it's nothing new we always do this we're just and gonna, uh, just we'll just be recording it. at this time yeah. <laughs> and you guys will hopefully hear about how we sort of pick our four pack and um, after that cuts out you'll hear us when we're back at my house drinking through it and talking about the rest of the scene mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll see you guys in the store alright <laughs> So before we get to the cans, we do like to walk down and see if there's anything in the bottle area. You know, they still have a 2018 wheat wine from the Goose. Oh, not no one just 2019. Yeah. Oh, they got 18 right here. Where's the 19? They don't have 19 in the show. They have new ones, like old, old Manhattan. I've been curious about that. Okay, it's Firestone. Firestone drop new vintages. Yeah. They uh, they have really awesome barrel age beers. Really awesome. Trip to the Woods Bigfoot was really good too. That was Sierra Nevada. That's a good. Oh, Bottle Logic 2019. We were talking oh. about that. Yep. Thirty dollars for the bottle. Yeah, that's a that's a good deal. All right, you're a man in the topper. Ooh. Oh, Jordan, look. For 16.99, you get two glasses, sniffers, and a bottle of Dragon's Milk Reserve S'mores Bourbon Barrel Aged Stout with Vanilla. It's actually not oh, bad. Oh, that sounds really good. If- yeah, if someone bought that for me, I'd actually be pretty, pretty. Is that a hint? No. <laughs> I already know what you're buying me. Yeah. So that's actually, I'm, I'm a fan of the uh, Dragon's Milk as far as being like an entry level or accessible barrel aged beer. It's pretty good. All right. So what are we, are we in the mood for anything, Chris? How do we de- we gotta get one hazy every time. It's we it's like our karma for trashing hazy so much for so long. We gotta like. Keller's always good. Ooh. Uh, Red Bus has a hazy right there. Oh, that's a new one, too. Look at that. Uh, African, African Queen. Queen. Yes, that's Experimental hazy. Ooh. What if it's African hot? 
see if it says on the can. Let's see if it says. Oh, on they the got can. multiple surly cans this surly. time. Surly. Oh, oh, oh. Well, they got IPA. Yeah, the, and we had the Furious IPA last time. We didn't have that one. Want to grab this one? Sure, why not? The, uh, the Axeman, Surly. And let's African look Queen? At, let's look at African Queen. Okay. Let's look and we see got what's some on the label. Carl Strauss. Oh, here we go. African Queen. This is what we like. Experimental Hazy. New variety of African hops known as African Queen hops. Big stone fruit peach character with a hint of strawberries and cream. Yes. We like it. That's, it. that's good. Because they put it, see, on the can. Yep. Sounds tasty. Is this it Belgian uh, Beaver? Yeah, that's their new lager. No, no. This one right oh, next to one? it. What's what? in the hops? What is that? I know. A thrilling hazy India pale ale. What's this thing by track seven? Oh, Mr. Chip, that's a re release. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we had that last year. Mm-hmm. There's track seven here, this one. Bad. Um, ooh, there's a lot of revision. Have we tried this one? Did we try the lover? Yes. What do we think? I don't. You know, we've. That's the problem with revision the, hazies yeah. is we, you have so many you can't re- really remember which ones you've had. Very true. There's more revision over here. There's a couple Moonrakers. Let's see here. some things by Altima. Let's look at this McKellar one again. Oh, Monk Cellar's putting things in cans. I didn't know that. Huh. I keep looking at these guys. Um, what's the name of the brewery before I... The, the Virgin Beer Company. Uh, I keep thinking that they're Urban Roots because it's a beer glass with the roots. And we have you know, Urban Roots here in Sacramento. Yeah, and they, mm. they just throw a little bit. Yeah. Ooh, brunch. Brunch. Oh, this one's coming home with me. Unless you want to drink it. This is the yeah, the, the McKellar Beer Geek Series Brunch. Put it on there. Uh, there's a breakfast stout, and then there's brunch. Brunch is way better. Oh, brunch is so good. I'm going to get a second one for me, though. We still have that Goose Island, too. Oh, I'm aware. The four-pack and the Goose Island will be enough. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if we want to crack open the McKellar and the Goose Island. It'll be oh. laid out on the floor. Then how much is it? Oh, 10.9? Yeah, it's strong. Then maybe we just put the other one back. You don't want, you don't want one? No, it's cool. Okay, I'll this just put this back. This, I'm just saying I need one in my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's just do, we'll do four that we'll drink plus the. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Um, have we had anything from Virgin? Virgin. Virgin? Nope. Keep it simple. So, here's an interesting thing. Oh, this one's. Alvarado Street has it's called Froth Bite. Mm. It's a yeast-driven IPA. Hmm. All right, here's the next step, guys. Here's the next step. Let's pull it out and read the can. <laughs> we got our attention. Let's see here. Let's just check it out. Um, keep cold, Alvarado. What did that price say? It is $22.99. It's probably for a four-pack. Okay. I know. <laughs> I was like, wait a sec. <laughs> We're not doing that for one beer. Unless it's a really good beer. It doesn't say. We have no idea what this uh, so beer is all about. So then it comes down to Mises' brewery reputation, right? And yeah. Alvarado Street. Do we want to roll the dice with these guys? I don't know yet. We're going to take a look at everything else. Keep it out. Okay, we'll keep it out. We're not going to click this it in. This great change brewing from Bakersfield. Yeah, I've never heard of them. Look at it. I'm looking at these guys here. Virgin. See, look right here. Virgin. Virgin Beer Company. 
uh, Carlsbad, California, right on the side of the can. This one's a collaboration with uh, Beechwood also. Side of the can, we got the hops listed, they got the malts listed. We know we like two-row and white, white, white wheat, I guess, an interesting combination, but I don't know if we ever have them together. Uh, and there's cryo. Yep. Put that on the, put that Simcoe there. We Mosaic like that. Stratus. We like Strata. So we need one more. We need one more. Apparently we're feeling IPAs today. That's so what we've learned. Are we tossing back the froth bite? We need one more. Because that's yours. Yes. This makes four. Yeah, so we're still thinking about frostbite. Okay, so that's that's on the fence. Yeah, I, I want to try these guys. I keep seeing the virgin. What's this 30th anniversary? Yeast driven. Oh, another yeast driven. Well, maybe they have something. It's Tornado 30th anniversary. So let's see what they have on their can. From Salinas. No, nothing yet. Put that back. Yeah. I don't trust them as much as I trust. <laughs> Here we go. Let's, let's test this out. We got this zombie. Uh, Steve and Zombie Bro from New Glory right next to Hop Trophy, which is one of a brand new IPA they just started brewing on the can. American Double, Citra Mosaic and Simcoe Hops, Neutral Ale Yeast, Unfiltered. There you go, 8.5%. That's, hey, you know, that's pro right there. That's professional. Well, it's, it's New classy. Glory. Very classy. What about uh, Offshoot Beer? Have we had an Offshoot Beer Company before? No. Uh, retreat double hazy. <laughs> retreat. This is a du- yeah. That's that's funny. Um. Doesn't matter. Put it what's, back. What's in these beers, guys? What are you making? Okay, so there's nothing. Also, they have Alvarado Street has a. It's called Daiquiri Island. It's a frozen daiquiri-inspired kettle sour ale with strawberry, Mm. lime, and lactose. I'm interested to try the the yeast-driven. Yeah. I think we just run with that because I think that is a good conversation point for tonight. Yeah. The only other one was going to be this Pina Bomba from... Oh, what is that? It's 9.5%. Oh, that's strong. A, a double, a double, a double hazy. Yeah. Darn. But that's a really good one. I think I might have had that before. I mean, we could do that too if you wanted. I know, I'm but just, I think I that's gonna, gonna be heavy hitting for what we got going. Yeah. If that's we the other thing to consider is how much you want to drink in one evening. Mm-hmm. All right. It sounds like we got what we need. All right. Perfect. back we have our four cans we're gonna do we're gonna drink down our four pack and end with a bottle of 2019 goose island that just dropped yesterday morning oh yeah black friday special all right so this first can we're starting off with a surly brewing co found a second can by surly uh, at smart mart called todd the axeman an ipa at 7.2 percent on the can it says pick up an axe. This bright IPA has hop character or has hop character as intense as a thrash metal guitar. Hmm. A background of golden promise, malt cleaves through the citrus notes created by massive amounts of citra and mosaic hops. Pour this in a tulip glass. Not gonna do that. And let the aromas and flavors assault your senses. The beer is named hmm. in honor of Surly's founding brewer and metal guitarist Todd Hogg 
who created this beer in collaboration with Amager Brygis in Denmark. Mm. Cheers. Great. Well, it's got a good story. And the ingredients are more or less on the can. Yeah, it sounds good. We like those hops. They're used pretty frequently, but especially with mosaic. Uh, mosaic is one of those ones where you can use it a few different ways, and it, it changes. It changes up. It's predictable how it changes, but it's always different. You can play with it, you know. And it's cloudy. Huh. Does it say if it's filtered or not? Nope. Not in the description. Huh. Doesn't smell like it went bad. It smells actually pretty good, so maybe it's just not filtered. All right. Cheers. Cheers. You have to drink words of bad luck. Hmm. For a for an IPA that's at seven percent, it's pretty mild. Yeah, it's very hop forward or uh, malt malt forward for IPA. Is that even a thing? It's like it's really balanced. Malt cleaves through the citrus notes. It definitely does. That's what it says. Exactly what it does. Wow, but like, you think you smell it and you put it in your mouth, you think you're gonna get that traditional like, IPA bitter up front, but then it just whoop, whoop, malts, sweetness, a lot of citrus. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's good. This is a really good warm up beer. This is why I picked this one. The other three have a little bit. The other three in the four pack in Lincoln <clears throat> Island especially mm-hmm. have more complexity. Yeah, this one hits you all up front within like the first two seconds. Well, this is just an IPA. You know, this is just yeah. like a basic bare bones IPA. Like, it's a good beer. I'm it still impressed good. by Surly. Still, yeah. I've never had a bad beer by Surly. Uh, this wouldn't be like if you looked, if you took this can and then went into Moonraker or Moxa or New Glory and looked at all the IPAs they have on the board, you could probably find ones that are better than this. Yeah. My anticipation, and we'll see how the episode goes when we, you know, rate the cans. Is that this is going to be towards the bottom half of the rating, but it's still a solid beer. The only reason why it would be third at this point, based on the description of the ingredients in the other cans, is if that yeast beer is just not something we like. I didn't say not good. I just said not not our thing, which is different. We got to be transparent about that. Yeah, Yeah. we'll see. Um, So, what were your impressions now that we've like gone to Smart Mart? We couldn't really talk about in the store. Was there anything that shocked you? That's smart, smart, smart. Like, what did you did you go in looking for something maybe? Like, were you leaning towards like dark beers or sours? And we ended up with all IPAs or. Hmm. Normally. Were you shot like expecting to get more of a balance? Were you like what? What did you think going in? <clears throat> so I've noticed a lot of plain Jane basic IPAs when I go to bottle shops. Uh, Smart Mart usually has a better variety. They they had a lot of those, the IPAs that are just kind of generic looking. They're not very impressive looking. Mm-hmm. Know, maybe we've had a couple. We really aren't fans of the breweries. They have a lot of those right now. Some of the, uh, I was actually impressed. They had so many revision cans. They probably had eight or nine cans. Yeah. You know, and that was nuts. But at the same time, they are also one of the bigger sources for Moonraker, and they only had two cans of Moonraker. And they're old. Well, actually, one of the Paleo was new, but that's the one. The IPA they have was something I've seen a lot of. So that's that was surprising. Um, nothing from Knee Deep anymore. Never see them. Um, they they're not really major players anymore. Like if you live up in that area, I yeah. feel like you'll go. But if you're like really going for the like 
if you're driving up the hill like we do to go grab some beer from that from that area of mm-hmm. town, you should be going to Moonraker and not knee deep. Crooked Lane's right there. Crooked Lane's good. Yeah. Uh, you know, but the the thing I I think I was actually impressed, which is something I like about Smart Mart, is I always like to look at the bottles. They have the the aisle of all the barrel aged stuff, all the really fancy expensive bottled crap. They always have really good selection. It's always really, I mean, just tons of stuff. So we found those uh, barrel-aged ones. I think they're from Raz that I hadn't seen before. And, yeah. Uh, you know, they had the, they still had some of the Goose Island Special Edition variants from last year. That was kind of cool to see that. Uh, you know, some Founders. Founders make some really heavy-hitting dark beers. They had a selection. They had three or four different kinds this year out in the racks there. Um, you know, a lot of different bottled sours and wild ales there. Uh, <clears throat> I always like looking through there because I'm always impressed by that, at the very least. Even if the, the fridge has the same pint cans they had for two weeks, for some reason their their bottles of really rare, expensive stuff, small release, is always cool. Yeah. We've got some good stuff. I mean, it was kind of cool. You know, I haven't been there in three or four months <clears throat> to see kind of how the collections expanded. I'm kind of relieved to not see as much Moonraker on the shelf because I think all of their beer starts to taste the same. Um, yeah, that they, they're one of the ones they're one of the, <clears throat> the culprits that don't put the labels on the beer, so you don't know even what you're looking yeah. for. Seymour <laughs> Red Bus was cool. Alt- yeah, they Altamont. had four kinds of Red Bus: a lot of Altamont, Alvarado Street. Um, a lot of there's a lot of like this year. I mean, you you see it a lot, but I feel like this year for the holidays, you're seeing a lot of dessert inspired beer oh yeah not necessarily pastry stouts but a lot of like dessert inspired sours yeah Yeah. or fruited ipa kind of things going that i think that you're just seeing more and more Mm -hmm. it's almost like it last year was like a trial run this year it's like on it's a thing now i didn't see as many stouts in cans at this point as i would i feel like i've normally seen the last couple years Wow, but, but so they're were, also going in the bottles for like ten dollars a bottle. They they had a lot of bottles, but then there's a lot of breweries now that are doing can releases of the darker beers like that, but they just don't distribute. They it's pick up only. Like uh, we had Jingle Juice last year from Fort Rock. Yeah, that was uh, I think believe uh, Black Friday special it was brewery only, no distro for the release at least initially. New Glory so, dropped Sticky Nuts today. Yeah, but they're not going to distribute that either. Right. You know, it's so, $10 a can. I don't think it was that good. Even $8 a can last year was... I think it was a was big a... can. I think it was a 22-ounce can. It looked like a big can stacked it, up next uh, to the rest of them. It was bigger maybe. than 16-ounce cans. They had, they'd been doing like 19 and a halfs. Yeah, so I think it was that for <clears throat> yeah. 10 bucks. Which I'm still not which, paying for it. But. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even at 8 bucks for a pint last year was kind of a interesting... That's what, did we age one last year? Is that one of the ones no. we experimented with? I it's not like that one very much. It's only 8 or 9%. Right? Oh, is it? I don't know if it's... See, this is the thing. Uh, <laughs> had so many. When Jordan and I were talking about this in the store, actually. Uh, we've just had so many beers. Uh, I believe we turned the recorder off, and I, I thought I found a hidden treasure of a, of a stout, but then apparently we had it a year ago. We had so. it, yeah. <laughs> we just had so many I mean, the hidden ones. treasure of stouts came when we found the bottle section after we stopped recording. And Prairie, oh, yeah. Prairie had eight or nine bottles on the shelf. Yep. That was... Oh, man, they had some good... I know. I'm just... 25 we, minutes away. Just got to come out and visit me and we'll go. I know. I can't wait. But, yeah. So, I think... 
I was shocked that we ended up going four IPAs. I actually yeah. really wanted to find like a balanced selection, but all of the beers that kept speaking to me mm-hmm. were IPAs, and mm-hmm. that's why like. And this is good. Like this is a good way for us to get started. This is just like a nice way to warm up our palate, and that's why like, at the end of the day, follow your palate. You know, mm-hmm. we've. And I think. I mean, we've we've sort of dabbled in this topic. I think we're like we've had so much beer. It's easy for us to figure out what we're going to go for. So what would you say to someone who only drinks like Blue Moon, Sierra Nevada, and Sam Adams? And they're going to start going to bottle shops and doing these mixed four packs. What should they try or how should they decide what they should try? Oh, well, I'm going to have to say a hazy, a single hazy. From some place like Revision that makes really drinkable, really crushable, easy-going hazies if they're trying to branch out. If they want to know what hop varieties taste like, different hop varieties. Because they change it yeah. up and they're more palatable for people that aren't uh, used to the bitterness or really craziness of some of the single or double West Coast. Uh-huh. Uh, I would say Ubedank from New Glory is a really good, accessible West Coast. Yeah. Uh, if you like Mosaic. But then when you start getting into stuff like IPAs, you're going to have to... Uh, Pay attention to the hop varieties because it's so subjective. Some people like Simcoe. They like how it's... I don't even think you have to get that far. You don't think I so? I think you Cause... and I are so far down that rabbit hole. I think really the first step... Because I'm, I'm trying to think about our beer journey. Hmm. So, like, really what we did was... Oh, I get what you're saying. Like, now. how did we get into beer? We just used to... The, um, the liquor store down the street from you, before cans were so huge, they just had bottles. And we would oh, just go right. do mix six, six pack. packs. Yeah. And you and I would each pick three bottles, buy a pizza, yeah. and watch a movie, and drink three or three beers. That's how we discovered Pineapple Sculpin and all of its wonder. Uh, that's a terrible beer. Watermelon uh, Dorado. That's a great beer. <laughs> um, same brewery, two completely different results. Um, and then we started having like favorite breweries. Like, okay, let's try all the stuff from Ballast Point that we can find. Yeah, so that's let's... that's what I was just when you corrected me on the mindset here. <clears throat> I do this for people sometimes. I do tell them where to go and what to kind of look for and what to start with. Uh huh. And for the most part, yeah, you're just you're just throwing darts at a dartboard. But I tell them to start with like what you and I look for: stuff that has ingredients on the can. Grab the can, drink it. If you like it, who made it? You know, pay attention. And what was in it, you know? And then as yeah. you keep going back, you look at the stuff that is similar and say, oh, maybe I like that. Or you look at, like, you know, especially with malts and hops and breweries, like you're saying, there's so many different types of beer that a brewery makes. Maybe they like, if, if Surly starts distroing out here to the West Coast more, you and I have had two Surly beers, you know, just from going to Smart Mart. We know if we see a third one in there, we're probably going to grab it. I think I could simplify this a lot even more, right? Mm. If you're starting to get into beer... <clears throat> Start with two or three big names in the industry. Oh, yeah, yeah. And go to Rayleigh's. Mmm. Yep, they've come up a lot. Well, a lot in the last while. But not only that, they're also not so... Like, going to Smart Mart, I feel like would be really overwhelming to someone who's kind of new yeah. to beer. Because mm-hmm. you don't have any idea what you're looking at, and it all kind of sounds the same. Mm-hmm. But if you go to Rayleigh's, and you know, like, okay, I should try some Track 7 stuff. They have Beeline... Panic, Hoppy Palm, mm-hmm. Left Eye, Right Eye. You know, all four of their staples are there, and you can try something. 
Or, like, if you look for New Glory, they probably have Ubedank on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Or they have a lot of Deschutes, or they have a lot yeah. of Sierra Nevada. So I think starting with Adams. the staples of the bigger breweries mm. is a good way. And then also, if you find that you've had a couple Track 7 beers, and you're like, shoot, these guys are good, go. Go to Track 7. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's step step five, I guess. Yeah, go to the brewery. That's what that's what we did. Yep. That's, that's pretty much what we did. All right, grab another can. All right. We're saving the yeast for least. Do we have a uh, preference between Red Bus or Virgin? No, they both got interesting stuff. One's cryo and one's fruited, right? I forget. They're Uh, both interesting. All three beers left are interesting on the four-pack. One is cryo and one's African hops. That's right. Um, Let's do the African queen. Great. Let's do it. Hyped. I'm hyped my boys in town drinking some beer. Yeah, we needed <laughs> this. Yeah. Alright, Chris, walk us through uh, Alpha Queen. Okay. So Jordan and I discovered Red Bus not too long ago. Uh, I think it was this summer, wasn't it? A little bit longer than that. We maybe. started talking about like last March. Maybe, yeah, okay, so spring. Um, Red Bus so far well, I think we had three or four of their beers. Everything they've had has been great. They're small, but they still try to play around a little bit. <clears throat> They're in Folsom. They've just for beer week they did a collab with Moxa. That's that I didn't right. Get to try, but I heard it was really great. Yeah, they. Uh, everything they've done that we've tried has been pretty solid. You know, like I've been, I've been impressed. So we saw these guys when we were at the store earlier, and you know, of course, we got to try what they have new here. So this beer is an experimental hazy. And it says it's brewed with a new variety of South African hops, known as African Queen hops. Uh, it should be, oh, and it is, uh, big stone fruit notes, peach character, and a hint of strawberries and cream. It's so, just hops. That's all from just the hops. Now, strawberries and cream is where I thought it was fruited, but it's just hops. And smell the can. You can smell something in there. It's very interesting. Mm. But then if you smell, you don't smell the strawberry and cream until you put your nose in the glass. And this is another part where I tell people when they start getting into beer, pay attention to the mm. way you're drinking the beer. Smell it. Taste it, you know. Oh, cheers. There you go. Cheers. You know, experience yeah, it. Don't just bad luck. slam it down like it's a Bud Light or something, you know. Well, that stone fruit comes out hard. Yeah. A little grassy maybe. You know, <clears throat> really interesting thing I've noticed. Uh, I first noticed it with the Australian hops. I like Australian hops because, like, Galaxy, Nelson, they're kind of grassy, a little bit bite to them, like mm-hmm. lemongrass. If you think about it, also the South American varieties that we've had are similar, really earthy. Mm-hmm. This is kind of in between grassy and earthy. Yeah. It's a Southern Hemisphere hop. Definitely. But there's a lot of natural fruit flavors Oh yeah. that come out that are... Really nice. It's mm-hmm. cool. It's very different. <clears throat> this is almost like <clears throat> one of the more unique beers I think we've we've had in a, lo- a long time actually. It's its very own profile. Like if you drank this somewhere else, and someone gave you a can. Oh, I'm just trying to move around. Like this beer, if someone did a, like a blind taste test with you, this one would be very very distinct. You'd know what it was. 
You know, I don't think yeah. I can confuse it with anything else. It's very unique. It's a really cool idea. Uh, yeah. They probably spent a lot of money on this because these hops are really hard to get their hands on. Yeah, so probably. Even we were at Sierra Nevada a couple years ago, and they did Southern Hemisphere. That's three beers with African hops that were similar. <clears throat> kind of an earthy thing going for it with a fruity characteristic. Yeah. Well, I think you and I are on the same page. We always do like to try those Southern Hemisphere hops, whether it's mm-hmm. from... You just don't see it enough, right? Yeah, you don't see them a lot. So, uh, <clears throat> was it the tour we took at Sierra Nevada where they're telling us that some of the smaller varieties like that, the the ranches and farms only sell to breweries or like large places because they're expensive and they're hard to farm and they want to guarantee their sale? Yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> it's always uh, interesting when you see these hops like this. Like one of the hops that I was looking for, it's a Northern Hemisphere, like well, one of the two. You and I always try to look for Amarillo, I like Amarillo hops. Uh, another one's El Dorado. They're very rare, uh, rarely used, probably really expensive. Uh, I was actually gonna ask if you noticed, if you had seen it lately, the Hazy Hop Goblin from Fort Rock changed their hop blend. Oh, to they got, what? They got rid of El Dorado. Hmm. And I think it does have something to do with this availability, because <clears throat> I don't know if El Dorado is available all year round. Like some of these other, like Citra is always, you can get Citra anytime, Mosaic anytime. Uh, Amarillo, maybe. Amarillo, maybe, I don't know. Um, Denali, maybe. Chinook, maybe. I don't know about some of these other more obscure varieties, but El Dorado seems to be used extremely rarely. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's just getting really hard to get the hands, like their hands on it, you know. Whether it be uh, like, a, like a time of year growing thing or like different growing conditions. Similar yeah. to like some of these Southern Hemisphere hops. We do know, though, that some when bigger breweries will buy them, they'll buy them in large quantities because they know that they're the only ones that are buying them. Mm-hmm. And they will often sell them to smaller breweries that are trying to use them. Mm. Okay. So it is possible that Red Bus bought these hops. Like if Knee Deep was able to get their hands because they're, mm. they're a trusted, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> like a trusted vendor. Like, mm-hmm. if Sierra Nevada had them, you know, Lagunitas might have had some, you know, like... Yeah, I was going to say, Lagunitas or Sierra Nevada are probably the two heaviest hitters as far as size in our region. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think Budweiser would really give a shit. You know, right. Like, <laughs> they Correct. don't care. We have Budweiser here in Fairfield, but I think the two biggest uh, brewers we have is, yeah, would be Sierra Nevada and Chico or um, Lagunitas in... Uh, Petaluma. Uh, Petaluma, yeah. yeah. Those are both national-level national distro. You know, and it gets fruitier the more, like, the deeper you go into this beer. Like, the more your palate adjusts, the more you can really start to taste the fruit. Yeah, the earth. You get used to the kind of the earthy grass. I like it. And then... At first, I wasn't really sure of it, but mm-hmm. I'm really warming up to it. Yeah. They did a good job. This is a good beer. That's what, that's one of the things why we like a Red Bus for. It's, um... Sorry, my English is going out the window. <laughs> we like them because they never disappoint, do they? No. Um, so I was going to kind of cycle back to, uh, while we kind of enjoy this, you're sort of talking about how, you know, California has this amazing scene and that's why there's all these bottle shops. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we we're talking about where I'm from. I think it's so hard for, it'd be so hard for Norman or Oklahoma city to have these, like as many bottle shops because one, Oklahoma doesn't have nearly as many breweries. Mm-hmm. Like, between Norman and Oklahoma City, and even Tulsa, I'm sure, they probably have fewer breweries than just San Francisco. 
And that doesn't include all the breweries from San Diego, all the breweries from Anaheim, all the breweries from Los Angeles, all the Sacramento breweries. Mm -hmm. You know, statewide, there's got to be hundreds and hundreds of breweries. Yeah. And even greater Sacramento area, plus San Francisco, is pushing 250 breweries. Mm Mm-hmm. Easy. Well, yeah, if you you draw, like, a circle from San Francisco, like an oval from San Francisco to Sacramento, you're also getting a lot of places in, like, Fairfield and Macville. You got Heretic, you got Budweiser, you got... uh, um, And we haven't even even added in some of the Nevada breweries that come... Or some of the Oregon and the... You know, the the Mm -hmm. West Coast, because there's so much beer trading hands all the time, it's so much easier for that to be a thing. So in Oklahoma, was kind of interesting, when I go to, like... Target, and they have random beers on the shelf. Mm-hmm. I've noticed like there'll be breweries from Missouri, or Nebraska, or mm. Kansas, or Texas, and so what you see, there's less of a scene because the things that get destroyed because the next the next closest populated area usually isn't right there. Mm-hmm. So that's I think it comes into uh, what we we're talking about at the beginning of this, where Sacramento specifically is kind of a centrally located as far as all the freeway connections go and doing some of the research we have that the growler gang where we do a thing called hop topic where you have to research some of the hops i've noticed a lot of them come from washington we got i-5 that goes straight down from washington to sacramento could it be possible that all these breweries from washington all the way down through oregon all the way down through northern california southern california it's so much easier to get the ingredients it's so much easier to have a brewery it it might be uh, not worth the cost to try and ship something from Washington to Oklahoma because there's no real direct route. So a thing we should think about then, because we're talking about, you know, we've done our, uh, we've done two beer trips. Mm-hmm. We did San Diego. We just did Portland. We'll do a, a Portland recap at some point. Oh, then we got to do, we did. It'll be a Portland recap slash planning a beer trip. will be in one episode. So, and then the, we're talking mm-hmm. about at some point, it might not be the next beer trip, but we are talking about, um, right now we seem to be thinking about Seattle, but yes. at some point we'd also like to, you know, have you fly out specifically for a beer adventure, two day beer adventure, one day for Norman, one day for Oklahoma city. Yeah. And maybe that's what we should be asking people. What hop varieties are in this? And do you know how far your hops have to travel to get to where you are? Yeah. Like, are there hops that you wish you could have, but you can't get your hands on them? Yeah. Or, like, you know, is this just what's available? Yeah, that'd be really good to... Uh, that'd be interesting to look into that. Yeah. We've talked about... We've we've speculated on that kind of availability before. Mm-hmm. And now we have a perfect opportunity to sort of tackle those issues. Yeah. Plus, I want to come see the campus. You got to show me your office. You know. It's a pretty gorgeous campus. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, I'm excited. I want to come see it. Pretty, pretty, pretty. pretty. Oh. Yeah, Red Bus is great and Folsom. Um, yeah, if you find yourself in Folsom, I would skip out. skip out of bounds and go to Red Bus. Yeah. Skip yeah. out of bounds, go to Fort Rock. Fort Rock is they're changing it up a little bit, and. Um, I'm going to say I took it a little personally. They took El Dorado out of AZ Hop Goblin. That was like one of my main draws. I love El Dorado hops. It made it so juicy and so day. good. Spot is great. They don't have it right now. I know, but they'll bring it back. They might. 
they just they changed some stuff up on me and, and you have hurt feelings I have hurt feelings and I just need to like I just need time and I'll come back you guys but, are on a break no I still go in there and buy the new hazy hop goblin but it just doesn't it's just not the same so you're using them for sex but you're still mad at them pretty much no it's more like now the sex isn't as good all of a sudden like a light switch I'm like yeah this is boring but now. you'll still have sex well yeah <laughs> I mean, why not? That's so you're kind of using them for sex, and no. we're it's a relationship. It's, we're using each other. It's just not it's just not as good as it used All to right. be. Which happens when you you know you spend a lot of time. We got real close real fast. You know, we moved really quickly. We had that hazy hop goblin for my graduation party, and I go there and drink it all the time and. Yeah, maybe you had a whole keg. That's how much you loved that beer. You loved that beer. Yeah, I probably had about a third of that keg. I wasn't super <laughs> thrilled when that was what you picked for your keg, but uh... it worked with the tri-tip. And uh, you know, most of the older relatives that I had came to that party. They liked it, and that's what I was going for. It was a beer that most people could get into, that was drinkable, and that most people would enjoy, even if they weren't like beer fanatics or sure. really into hazy. So it was just. It was it was a good go to. Like if I went with something I really liked, uh, we would have had a lot of beer left over. But yeah, that was a fun day. That that's, uh, surprisingly I didn't get tired of that beer, which I thought I would, which is another reason why I liked it. I tapped the keg at like noon. I think you and I went to bed. Or like uh, no, you left and I crashed at like. One thirty. One thirty. Yeah. So or I was drinking. Two even like it was late. Yeah, I drank beer for fourteen hours and never got tired of it. So. That says something. Yeah. But okay, so now we've been drinking this beer for like ten minutes, maybe more. I don't know. We don't have a timer, but excuse me. Um, it's about ten minutes. Are you starting to taste more of that strawberry cream? Hmm. Interesting. We're tasting more fruit as we've been going. I do think the cool part about this can, going back to African Queen, is it says experimental, um, hazy IPA. Yeah. And that's to me that that's why we grabbed the can. It said experimental on, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny because if it just said hazy IPA. Yeah. Probably like, oh, yeah, whatever. But because it's experimental hazy IPA, we grabbed it and said, let's see if there's anything on the can. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of funny. Yeah, there's. I don't know what this trend is where all these breweries are just putting a picture and the name of the beer on the can, and then that's it. Maybe that's people are just buying it like that. Maybe it's, it's less effort. Maybe they just put a beer in a can and sell it, you know? I don't like it, but maybe that's what people like. Who knows? But a lot of people, like, okay, I guarantee there's some people listening to this at some point that'll say, like, when we keep talking about, like, we look to see the ingredients on the can. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know the ingredients. Most people don't care about the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Most people, like... Sheeple. Don't be a sheeple. <laughs> I'm going to call you out right now. If you're paying for something, especially something like this craft beer, it's like five, six bucks a can, at least know what's in it. At least know what you're paying for. And that, this is... I'm going to stop because it's going to put me on a rant where most people that I know have no idea what they pay for on a daily basis. They just spend money and it drives me crazy. Okay, yeah, I will stop you from that rant. I thought it was going to be a beer rant, but if it's going to be your life rant... It's a lifestyle rant for yeah, people don't do that it. don't, I don't yeah, like it. Yeah, we're going to pause you from that. Um, oh. But knowing what you're paying for could be as simple as I buy Revision Hazies because... And Moonraker Hazies and New Glory Hazies because mm-hmm. I know those are the breweries that make the best hazies. Yeah. So at least you don't – maybe you didn't get as far down into like what it means to yeah, for maybe. it to be a hazy or what the ingredients are. But you at least know the style and you know who the players are mm-hmm. and that's what you know you drink. 
Yeah. And that's yeah. that's you're doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you can pick a brewery, this that, that's the thing. That's why Jordan was saying once you kind of figure out which beers you like and don't like, and you want to, you want to get more knowledge, go to the brewery. Each brewery and brewmaster has their own kind of finesse or, or style or flavor personality kind of to it. So if there's something there that you like, then go talk to them about it. Definitely learn about it. I mean, if you like, like say you love revision. There's obviously something about their beers that you like across the board if it's your favorite brewery, you know, and just, that's what we're saying. Just look into it. What is it? You know, go find out. Go check it out. Yeah. You know, even if you don't know what it is, you know there's something there. Otherwise, you wouldn't keep coming back to them. You know, figure out what it is. Explore. It's the fun part. Yeah. Dive deep. Yeah. Oh. And usually beer tenders love to talk oh, yeah. about what their favorites are. That's why, you know, if you if you go to a brewery, I recommend you do a flight. Oh, yeah. Um, Quality over quantity. Definitely try variety. Um, and, you know, you get a, you know, a couple tasters, and I usually, if it's a flight of four, I'll pick my three, and I'll ask the beer tender a lot of times, especially if it's a new place. Uh, to pick surprise me with the fourth one. Oh yeah. And some of the best beers I've had have been like Alvarado Street is one I've talked about in a previous episode. You know I. Mhm. And the guy who's serving me said, hey, he picked a super malt forward beer. It's a Monterey Common. Hmm. It was a darker version of a California Common. And he said, hey, I thought this rounded out your flight pretty nicely. You had something hot forward. You had a stout. You had a sour. And. Yeah. This is pretty good. I was like, hey. Shoot. Thank you, man. So you can have some really good beers that way, too, by letting yeah. people who know what they're going for sort of dictate your experience. The, we've had this happen to us twice now, specifically where you ask the guy pouring the beer. You say, hey, man, what's good here? And uh, they'll come up with something crazy. Like uh, One of the reasons why we like New Glory so much is the first time that we went there, uh, the guy giving us the beer... Uh, he had this blend that he figured out because he, you know, likes to try beer like we did. We didn't. We were new at the time, but he's you know very well experienced tasting beers, making beer, all that stuff. And so he hands us this blend of two beers that he found out one day tasted pretty good. And so yeah, we get to pick his brain about it. He's as curious as we are and experimental. The same thing happened to us again. We went down to a Kilowatt in San Diego. Well, that guy, we asked him what's good, and he gave us the combination of that almond stout and a vanilla something or other. It tastes like almond joy. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't have known because you know that these people that, that the guys, the women that work there, that if they're really into beer and they experiment and try stuff, they might have something crazy off the wall that you wouldn't even think of. Or even a kilowatt uh, said, "Well, what's really good here?" He's like, "Oh, our sours really good. What makes your sours really good?" Mm. Oh, well, the way we yes. brew it, they come out really clean. And when you hear, oh, they come out really clean, like, all right, screw you, man. Stop making up crap. Like, give it, like, and you taste it. Like, oh, mm-hmm. shoot, that's that's clean. I didn't know what he meant, but mm-hmm. then you you drink it, and it does come out really clean. And it's like and you it's said, they like they, to talk about it, so he gave us a full breakdown of how they make it. And they brew it using Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. It's like, shoot, hey, that's yeah, really cool. That's a really interesting take on the beer. Um, but, yeah, I think that's... Great way to, yeah. 
um, to pick up some more knowledge. More knowledge. Uh, let's get into uh, <laughs> both of us. Our words are feeling us today. I'm just tired. Holidays have kicked my butt, man. Um, this is Burgeon, Burgeon, Burge something Burgeon. I've been calling him Burgeon all night. Burgeon Beer Co. It's a beer uh, company that I've been planted in 2016. Yeah, uh, they're Carlsbad, California. The, I keep seeing them all over Sacramento. I just haven't tried them, but you Carlsbad know. is near San Diego. Yeah. yeah. Um. Cool. If we ever interlock IPA, if we make it back down for a San Diego trip round two, we should con- consider going to these guys. Yeah. Well, that's the funny part is we spent a whole day in San Diego and we hit maybe like a tenth of the breweries down there. Like, there's not even. It's, yeah. it's like stupid. Yes. So. Um. These guys, I think, are cool. One, they're in the San Diego area, so I immediately have a ton of respect if they're distroing up here. Because mm-hmm. Kilowater Fair Brewery doesn't even can't even do that. They don't even distro. Yeah. Um, but they put the hops and the malts on the can. I was pretty impressed. So mm-hmm. Strata, Mosaic, Simcoe Cryo, and Simcoe hops. Two-row malt and white wheat. So, okay... Based on the grain, let's play this game. Would you say it's hazy or cloudy? Or is it going to be... Well, it says it's a hazy. So does it? it's going to be hazy, yeah. Where? So that's... doesn't say it's a hazy on the front? No? No. It's not like IPA. Well, whenever you use wheat or oats, usually that's that's a sign it's going to be hazy because the wheat, wheat and oats have a high protein content. And the haziness comes from suspended proteins in the beer. Okay. So. Now, great white is a wheat beer and that's not super cloudy a little bit they probably filter it though okay let's see could be yeah let's what's the verdict it's kind of a great white effect it's cloudy (laughs) a little bit but it's still transparent you can see through it yeah yeah it's cloudy but also adding cryo uh, since it's powderized, it does make it cloudy. Well, and it uses two types of grain, right? So that makes sense that it would just be cloudy because mm-hmm. one type of grain isn't going to make it cloudy, and then one type could potentially if they don't filter it. Yeah. All right. Cheers to Burgeon. All right. Let's smell test it. Have to drink where it's bad luck. Especially going between beers, I like to prime the palate a little bit with a really good sniff. I mean, the smell, you can really smell the cryo. Mm-hmm. Um, you really get that potent Simcoe, right, in all of it. It's very prevalent. Snacking. For those of you who don't know, with cryo hops, um, when you're brewing with hops, you want to, um, when you brew with whole cone, you're really brewing to get the, the lupulin flavor into the beer. And with cryo hops, they extract the lupulin from the whole cone and cryogenically freeze it until they can effectively brew it into the beer so you're getting all of the aromatics and the the bitterness from the hops without the extra sappy floral characteristics that come with whole cone i was gonna say that usually the cryo hops are less a little bit less bitter because you're getting rid of that floral the herbal plant material on the outside you're not boiling that in the beer or dry hopping in the beer so 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 yeah i use the word the bitterness a little bit differently like like the well that's why i say the floral characteristics usually you're getting less of the grass more Mm -hmm. of the of the scent, I guess, is a way to think about it. Um, They're a little bit more mild. 
as far as flavor goes, tasting profile goes. Strata is a hop we are not super familiar with. No, that's not very common. We've had it a couple times. Let's actually look up where it's from. Yeah. So I can't remember. Google. Don't tell, don't tell Siri I'm using Google. <laughs> don't let her know. Let's see. Strata hop profile. There we go. New. Uh, Strata hops. Uh, this article called The Brand New Darling of Craft Brewers. Uh, aroma and sensory description is such. Strata is described as passion fruit meets pot. Mm. So it's dank and fruity. Let's see if I can find a better article here. <laughs> no, we'll just keep on, we'll keep rolling with this one. All right. Uh, Oregon State University's history of hop breeding stretches back to 1893. Apparently, this is, came from 2010. Oregon State, um, a company called Indie Hops. Let's see. Strata is a brand new spanking new variety uh, just released this year, which it says 2018. Um, it's the first hop from this uh, project between a uh, botanist and the state of the university working together with a research grant to make a new hop. Um, it's 10 years old. They've been breeding it for 10 years, but they've been selectively breeding it. Um, Let's see. This is more of a. Let's see here. Da, 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 da. There we go. Back past all the history. So this would be a good hop. This is a good article to have if we're doing hop topic, which we're not really doing right now. We're just trying to figure out what it's supposed to smell like. But this article is from learn.kgrader.com. Strata hops. So if you want to read the whole thing, it's got like brewing description, how to use it, what it works well with, where it's from, blah 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 blah. Um, passion fruit meets pot. Uh, layered notes of tropical fruit, including mango, passion fruit, melon, fresh berries, and strawberries, and some citrus from uh, in the form of grapefruit. Along with this comes a dank herbal note of uh, drifting cannabis. Uh, less of the diesel caddy bite, which I don't understand what that is, but other hops have the same funky dankness uh, carry. So it's a dank hop without the dank resininess. So again, it's more of the aromatic or more of the fruit. Sorry, not fruit, but an aromatic smell and tasting profile of a dank hop without I mean, you the you can taste downsides. the dankness in this. Yeah, but a lot of the dank hops, like Simcoe would be considered partially a dank hop or um, like Cascade or something like some of the more earthy ones, you do get like kind of a bitter, um, like a tree sap taste sometimes mm -hmm. or resin taste. This doesn't have that. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Sorry, this is uh, beer number three. So I'm trying to be as descriptive as I can, but uh, bear with us. Well, it's also new. It's also like trying to we we learn on this sh on this on the sh on the show, right? We learn. We learn. Yeah. Super transparent. Oh yeah. It's good. I like this a lot. This would be cool uh, to go try and hit these guys up. These guys and there's one on. Um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this right now. This this is just pleasant. This beer is just like it's good. It's classy. We you know? haven't had a beer with cryo that we didn't like. No, we haven't. But <clears throat> this one specifically, because of the hot blend they used, 
maybe the malt blend paired with the hot blend. It's a really different blend of ingredients. Uh, something I don't, I've never seen before. The more you put on the can, usually the better your beer ends up being. Mm. I don't know why. Like the people who know what they're doing, who take that extra step and attention to detail, usually craft something with that same extra attention mm-hmm. to detail that we just appreciate that much more. True. That's purely on a product standpoint. And then from right. an experience standpoint, you and I are getting so much more out of that. So so check this out. Here, here's where I'm going with this. You're talking to a lady. You just met her. Mm-hmm. You're hanging out. Okay. Like say, say you're tailgating at a... Oklahoma game, right? Okay. Tailgating. Yep. Get ice chest full of with these beers in here. Mm-hmm. And as you know, she's a nice lady, and she likes beer. She's a snob, like you're used to. Not those Midwestern people. She's a California snob. Okay. Is she Seasons. actually into beer? Or does she think she's into beer? She's actually into beer. Okay. She, you can tell. You're talking. Things are getting. They're going well for you. She asked for a beer. Which one of these three do you this give her? One. This one, hands down, right? This one's just classy, now, man. Now, if she's it's just into beer. And she likes beer, and she's a social beer drinker, and doesn't mm-hmm. care about all the fluff. Which can you give her? Uh, probably that East Forward one. Nope, that we haven't t- <laughs> nope. No, certainly. No, my, my, because it's good. Uh-huh. I got a cool story. Got to play thrash metal. Mm-hmm. Also, for me, in that scenario, been to Surly in Minnesota when I was traveling. No, now I'm it's a, a traveler. It's a talking point for uh-huh. you. And no, 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 no. And okay. it's amazing so you're, beer. You're, you're getting off topic here. Uh, amazing brewery. <laughs> cool beer. Cool backstory for the brewery uh-huh. and me. Also, solid beer without all the fluff. I don't have to get into the beer nerd thing that kind mm-hmm. of weird. It kind of weirds girls out sometimes what we do. Yeah, I'm just saying like. But if she's a beer nerd like us, this is the one I'm giving her. This this beer has something about it that I keep trying to put my finger on, and it's it's like a it happens so quickly when you drink it. It's just all the different elements of the beer present themselves in like a really elegant, classy way, and it's very drinkable, but it's not overwhelming. But it has a it's got a lot of character, but it's really subtle, understated. It's understated. There we go. Like this would be a good one. If you're meeting someone's parents for the first time and the dad drinks beer, give them this one. If you're like hanging out with some friends, you just made a group of friends, you want to bring something cool to a party. I'll be honest though, we've done such a good job so far with this four pack. This is one of the better four packs we've assembled. I'm actually pretty impressed mm-hmm. with us. Each, each one of these beers Go us. Um, <laughs> has been really great and served yeah. its purpose. Like This is a really well-constructed IPA experience Yeah. from Surly. Just to prime the palate, the African Queen with its uh, that was experimental different, hops. That was good. And this one with the attention to detail on the can, plus the cryo hops. I feel like the, they had like an attention, like if you were to like drawing a flavor profile for a beer, this one had like a lot of attention to detail. Uh, I'd be surprised if we talked to this brewer, the guy that made this beer, or, or lady, and them saying that it didn't turn out exactly how they wanted it to. Because I feel like there's a lot of effort put into this beer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all around, like you're saying. Like on the can, the label's crazy looking. Uh, they had a partner with another good brewery. I'm sure Beachwood's good. Yeah. You know, they're from a good region. You can kind of taste the San Diego-ness to it a little bit. It'd be interesting to have a Beachwood beer. And, you know, when we did our Beer Week episode... It was very easy to see which beers in the collaboration four-pack we drank between 
Uh, it was Burning Mox. Barrel oh. and all of the other breweries that That's they paired right. up with. Burning Barrel, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. really easy for a lot of the beers to kind of see, you know, Big Brother helping Burning Barrel out. I wonder if this is really Burgeon, or if it's Beechwood, or if it's both. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it'd be kind of interesting. So, so we're talking about this. We're at the store. Um, there's a lot of basic, basic uh, plain Jane beers. Like, IPAs are out there. They're all kind of like the same. I feel bad that I've given these guys kind of that that judgment but if you're going to take a chance on trying a new brewery a, a collaboration is usually a good way to go mm-hmm. if you're going to try a new brewery or a new beer some place you haven't tried before you know spend the money on something and give it a, give it a shot collaborations yes. are usually good so if, this is good this is good enough where i think i'm going to go buy a couple more different ones from them sometime. and try them yeah yeah definitely sold yeah, and you know this is like to me this is very similar to the first time we tried Hoppas, mm, but then you know the next Hoppas. time we saw Hoppas on the shelf, not only did we rebuy that beer, we bought the other two that were on the shelf that time. Mm-hmm. You know, and we had like a Hoppas night. Like, oh, Butterfly Nebula and Thor's helmet. Thor's helmet was so good. They're all so good. Oh, um, you like the Phantom Galaxy one? The oh, so was it mango or was it papaya or something in there? It's amazing. It was like a papaya thing. It was so good. Oh. Well, it's Phantom Nebula, is what it's called. Oh my gosh, that beer is so good. That's We're talking about taking beer trips. we got to go to San Jose. San Jose and Santa Cruz have some fantastic breweries now. Mm-hmm. They are really... Like, Hoppas is from San Jose. Uh, there's a couple good ones from San Jose. We can hit Monterey, too, you know. Uh, there's some good stuff out there now. Oh. Yeah, so Burgeon. You know, if we go do a San Diego area beer trip, we should go. We should at least try. Yeah. I mean, we made the trek all the way out to Miramar. We can easily, you know, try to figure out a way to get Carlsbad in the in the loop. Um, I mean, we survived the trip to Miramar. We can survive anything, right? Yeah, we there's another brewery. There's an island you go to in San Diego. It's right off the... Coronado. That's what I'm... Coronado Brewery. Coronado Hotel inspired Wizards of Oz. Yeah, I want to go to Coronado Brewing. Yeah, they have good beer. And I want to go to Ocean Beach Brewing. Yep. And while we're there, we're going to stop by Kilowatt. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we're not going to not go to Kilowatt Bar in San Diego. Have some, maybe have some lunch at Pizza Port again. And maybe drink some more beer at Pizza Port. Oh. Probably drink some more beer at Pizza Port. <laughs> and, uh, some pizza at Pizza Port. <laughs> pizza was so good. And oh, that barbecue chicken. Uh, we probably should hit up McKellar. Definitely need to hit. I, okay, so so when I describe McKellar to people, uh, mostly my dad because he thinks I'm crazy. I when they have really crazy experimental beers, um, I'm I'm usually gonna buy one and try it because they are really good, like but good in a way that you can really only appreciate if you're used to drinking really complex, really intense beers. I call them like the Mercedes Benz of like beers. Right, you can only appreciate the luxury car if you're used to a certain standard of. Yes, the stuff that they do with their beers is ridiculous. Like we uh, started tonight, actually uh, over at my place, we split it in half. It's kind of strong, but it was a blackberry pie. I think it had blackberry pie and currants, uh, bourbon barrel aged imperial stout. It was nice. I mean, blackberry pie, bourbon barrel aged stout. You would look at that and go, "What the hell is this?" Very good. They have one that I'm trying to get my hands on that uh, that I couldn't over the summer. Mm-hmm. It was 
like you and I've seen a lot of the maple pancake beers come out, or like the maple pastry stouts. This one was like maple sugar uh, imperial barrel aged pancake stout with like caramel and something else and vanilla. You know that's gonna be good. Woo! That's a beer. We were just at the store. Uh, if you guys heard me talking about Beer Geek, uh, they're they're like a different, like a more experimental version of McKellar, but uh, Brunch is one of my favorite stouts of all time. It is so good. It's just a really strong uh, coffee stout. Yeah, uh, we also need to go to Half Door. Oh, sorry. Sorry about the rant about McKellar, but they're fantastic. Half Door's great. I mean, that's a trip. You know, if we went to San Diego for round two, it'd be... Between the time we'd spend at Pizza Port and Kilowatt again, uh, and Ocean Beach Brewing, then McKellar, Half Door, Coronado, and Bergen. I think we'd even have to get a hotel because some of those places aren't like, you have to take a ferry to Coronado. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it would take us, it'd take us a minute to do all that. And that's seven breweries. Coronado Hotel is right next to the beach though. Oh. I don't think you have to take a ferry. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. My sister Are told me we Are you thinking about Catalina Island? Because you got to take a ferry to Catalina Island. It's off the coast of L.A. A little bit farther north. Mm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm missing my sister. Island. She used to live down there. Uh, but those seven, like, that's a full day. Maybe the brewery's on the island. I don't know. I've been to the hotel. That's fine now. And we, I drove there with a car. Nice. So. Yeah. Doing San Diego trip round two, which we mm. want to do. If you haven't checked out Chris's website, we have a, there can only be one article from... The best brewery we found in Sacramento or in San Diego, and we're we've been talking about doing San Diego round two. There can only be another one. Yeah, I don't know what we're gonna do for that. So, so the whole point of this stuff is, we do camera articles like a review of camera equipment or shooting styles or something with the scene. Um, you know, tax write-offs. Make sure we can have a good time. But I'm I'm working. Jordan's drinking beer, but I'm working. You know, take a picture. Screw you, and... I'm working. <laughs> We're working hard. Yeah, these aren't fun. These are, I mean, they're fun for us, but if, if like, a, if, some if, person if we brought Miles in, or Logan with us, oh, halfway through die. the day, they'd yeah. be like, fuck this. Yeah, like, well, especially with Portland, we must have walked like five miles all around the city. So we walked up and down. And, and we had and... to drink like two Red Bulls each to get through that day. Like, it was a long, like, halfway through yeah. the day, I was like, oh boy, I don't know that we're going to make it because. My palate just started getting absolutely fried. Like, we couldn't even finish flights by the time we got no. to, like, certain breweries. Well, how many... We we tried to hit ten. We hit nine again, right? Or did we do eight in San Diego and nine in Portland? I don't know. I No, the, the ten breweries or the hundred samples were goals halfway through the Portland trip. I said, hey, we should try to do this. Mm. And then by the end of Portland, I was like, No. We should not try to do 10 breweries, and we should not try to do 100 samples in a day. How many did we get from Portland? Was it more than San Diego? Because San Diego was like 67. It was more. Okay. Because we went to more breweries. Yeah. We did a lot. So, we I, we get really eager early in the day, and then towards mm-hmm. the middle part of the day, we have a hard time, and then we catch a second wind in the evening. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at my my articles. I was showing someone uh, the Portland article. We actually have put the most effort into so far. Do you realize it's bigger than the other two combined? The other two articles. Yeah, combined lengthwise and the detail and stuff we talked about. We put a about. lot of thought into that one. Oh, Portland was a 
that was I'm proud of that. That's a good that was a good trip. That was yes. good. I had some I had some golden quotes in that article. Uh-huh. No, I'm just saying like all around that Portland trip is going to be hard to beat. Like we paid attention to the city, uh we paid attention to the environment and the you know this kind of weird nature uh in in her uh, interlocked or juxtaposition with the city uh together, you know, like a lot of the artwork the graffiti, the type of graffiti, the location of graffiti, street signs, posters, um, musicians, uh, just, you know, the architecture, all of that we talked about in the article. More than just the beer. Just like the experience of the city. So, if we can keep doing that, that'd be great. Maybe we could do that again for San Diego, but we... I think we Seattle it, to me that is the good. next... Oh. Is the next big play. Oh, Seattle's going to be so awesome. And I think... I think we do that thing we're talking about finding a film camera that's kind of busted mm-hmm. and using the natural the the way that yeah. camera naturally takes pictures. I might do it with a digital because I don't know where you develop film anymore these days. But similar, we'll buy a cheapo digital camera from eBay, like a used one. Uh huh. I'll just take my foot and put it through it, and then we'll see, use that to take pictures all day and see what happens. You know? Okay. Because that's similar, but we don't have to develop film. It's kind of a cheater yeah, way to do yeah, it, yeah, but yeah. we get the same effect. The light leaks, the uh, missed focus or something kind of off, you know, the colors being not perfect. Yeah. So. I just take a bunch of pictures and... Mm-hmm. So the whole point with the Portland one, if you don't mind me tooting my own horn for a second, every picture from the article was completely untouched, exactly just, just straight off the camera, put on the website. Uh, that We can do something similar with the Seattle episode, or the Seattle... Uh, article that'd be cool yeah like kind of that natural the weird funky going really... with like the grunge scene that you'd see in seattle yeah oh yeah that's gonna be a the beers that we tried especially like portland and san diego we were looking for quality mostly like just really drinkable good beers sours good ipas uh the whole point of the seattle article is going to be uh, they're, they're known for stuff like Elysian Space Dust, which is really bitter. It's a really complex IPA. And we're drinking that stuff all day, man. I, I we got to really be careful how many brewers we've got, too. We're going to get fried fast. Chris, we did sours in mm-hmm. Portland. Mm-hmm. We did three or four flights of just sours across yeah. the entire day. Yeah. Those, to me, are way harder to deal with. Like, especially the Cascade sours. Yeah? Between the two of us, we each did six Cascade sours. Okay, but well we're talking about Seattle finding the grittiest, hoppiest, bitterest beers that you can find. Oh, Cascade, it's be so good. Well, Cascade makes really nice, drinkable, complex sours. I don't know, but nice very, or drinkable. I mean, maybe drinkable. for us. Yeah, for us, but they're they're it's, I mean, yeah. I mean, no matter what you're drinking, that that those days are long. I see what you're saying because we did the, that one day where we drank three sours back to back and we got really full really fast. Yeah, and we did flight two flights yeah. of sours at one brewery. Yeah, that didn't help. Yeah, and also we were stuffed with garbanzo beans and pita chips Dude, from all the hummus. so much hummus. So much hummus. <laughs> yeah, but we did better on the Portland trip because we, we snacked <laughs> a we, lot. Yeah, learned our lesson from San Diego. Oh. Yeah. Those days are long. They're a lot of fun, but you really got to be in it to win it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, Seattle will be fun. The beers from Seattle, completely different from the ones we're drinking tonight. 
So, it'll be interesting. All right, go get the last can. Yeah, you ready? Yep. You ready for that yeast forward? Yeah, I've never heard of anything like that before. That's why I, I thought it'd be cool. Yeah. All right. It's going to be interesting. Oh, my knee is popping. It's getting old. I was telling you I was old. Alvarado Street Brewery. Is it their Monterey? Yes. All the can says is Frothbite Yeast Driven IPA 6.5% ABV. It's got a picture of a guy playing a saxophone next to a guy drinking a beer on top of a mountain. Alvarado Street is one of my favorite breweries, by the way. Which is part of why I probably felt comfortable taking the risk, jumping in. Right? You trust them. I've right? been to the brewery, and we've also had several of their cans from Smart Mart and various... Uh, they, they haven't let us down. Correct. I mean, good. I'm interested to see what they mean by yeast-driven IPA. Um, what kind of yeast do you think they used? Expressive. Expressive, Expressive ale yeast. yeast. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. If, if any yeast is going to be the driver of any any bus, it's going to be expressive ale yeast. But something I wish that they would have put on the can, you know, if it's yeast driven, then what are we talking about? It's just not all yeast is the same. It's all different. Yes. All right. Smell it. What do you smell? A lot of grass. A lot of grass. Woo! You were not kidding. Woo! I think that's the part of the beer we don't really agree on all the time is the aromatics. You and I smell things very differently. So for us, be like, it's a lot of grass. It's probably very Simcoe heavy. Uh, maybe it has some Nelson hops in here. It does smell very Nelson-y. All right. Let's dive in. Cheers. Cheers. Have to drink or it's bad luck. Wow. It's just smooth. That's kind of like uh, aromatic blue balls in a way. Some of these beers do this to us where you smell it and you're like, whoo, especially some of the sours. You're like, oh, man, I better get ready for this. And you drink it and then you're waiting and you're waiting and then it's gone. You're like, oh. It kind of tastes like if you freshly squeezed orange juice and put like a lemongrass shot from Jamba Juice in it and let it sit out for an afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let it ferment a little bit. I wonder if it has... It definitely has some sort of Australian hop in it. So, yeast-driven hazy. I mean... Do you taste the yeast? I mean, so... Here's the thing. I'm going to call us out a little bit. Mm. If we said, what does German yeast taste like? You and I can... Taste it. Like, we can't necessarily describe it in beer yep. terms, but like... German, we, Belgian, uh, neutral ale yeast. Okay, now what does expressive ale yeast taste like? 
I don't think we can really put that into words or really even know. Like you kind of know, you more or less know how it will contribute to the beer or what it could contribute to the beer. At least I do. And I'm not quite sure I know exactly what that tastes like. It definitely brings out some of the malt flavors. Okay, but I'm not getting a ton of grain in this. I, I'm getting a lot of... Um, this reminds me a lot of some of the beers. Maybe I'm misassociating the flavor profile. Um, we just talked about adding oats to beers. <coughs> Excuse me. If this doesn't have uh, oats in this beer, then it has to be the expressive ale yeast. And my entire perception of hazies will change a little bit. Sure. I think this is a good beer. I don't think yeah. it's really what they put on the can. Also, hmm. they didn't give us a ton to go off on the can. So, so is that them expecting people to appreciate their beers because they know Alvarado Street's good? Or is that them being having a scapegoat? Where they know. don't have to put something on the beer because they don't expect people to even look for something. You know, I think know. it's just... I think it's... <coughs> Excuse me. With beer, mm-hmm. we talk about breweries that do a couple of things. And it all depends on what you're looking for. Are you looking for a brewery that takes risks? Mm-hmm. Or are you looking for a brewery that just makes beer you like? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's are you just looking to enjoy beer? Or are you looking for beer that challenges boundaries of beer? And I think to put... I think to put your ingredients on the can is, in fact, a way of taking risks. Mm-hmm. Because it's sort of like the beer equivalent of, like, peer-reviewed scholarly art articles. You know what I mean? Where, like, yeah. you're going to put your stuff on the can. And, like, we've had some beers that have put the ingredients on the can and we're like, no, no, you're missing it. This is not good. Yeah. Versus, like, when you have this virgin beer, you're like, hey, that's exactly what they put on the can. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, should it be cloudy? Should it be clear? It's a little bit cloudy because half the grain would make it cloudy. Just a little bit cloudy. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, using all of that grain would make it yeah, almost like a hazy. Mm-hmm. Um, we can taste the cryo. We can taste the strata. Like, we could, you know, like, yep. those kinds of things. Or even surly, as something as simple as... Um, Citra. It uses a lot of citra hops. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shoot, we can taste that. Yeah. Speaking of tasting, close your eyes. <clears throat> Take a sip of this. And tell me if you could tell the difference between that and any revision beer. If you... Okay. Yes. <laughs> But if you pour this into a glass and mm-hmm. said it's the newest revision hazy, I'd buy it. So, this is an interesting question that's been in my head for the last couple minutes. Do other breweries make beer that's yeast driven or yeast forward that we we don't know about because they don't specifically label it that way, or is there something that we're missing about this one that we're not tasting, we're not seeing? Because it wasn't put on the can or it's a new style. So I think I think there's a lot of variables there that you've mm-hmm. started to unpack. One, yeah. I think I'm willing to say, hey, well, we don't know enough about beer to maybe unpack this. I think mm-hmm. that is where we should start. Yeah. Two, 
I think if we don't know enough about beer to unpack this, most people don't know enough about beer mm-hmm. to unpack this. And Alvarado Street should put something on the fucking can to help people mm-hmm. unpack this. Three, when you get into our breweries doing this and not putting it on the can, I think this idea of yeast forward is the same as when we talk about IPA versus double IPA versus triple IPA. It's mm. very much brewer's intent. Oh, it's probably, yeah, very subjective. But to label it yeast forward, we saw this, and then we saw one more can that was a yeast-driven IPA. Before tonight, had you ever seen that before? No. And that's also so, a really great point that I think it very well could be a new style. And also, it doesn't have to be any of the – it doesn't have to yeah. be just one thing, right? I do think mm-hmm. that, like, um, maybe also Alvarado Street doesn't use a ton of expressive ale yeast. Mm. Or, like, New Glory uses a ton of expressive ale yeast. Yeah. Revision uses a ton of expressive okay. ale yeast. So maybe Alvarado Street does hazies with just neutral ale yeast. Mm-hmm. And yeast forward – is a slightly heavier dose of also expressive ale yeast. Yeah. And that's just a ton of yeast to them. And to us, you're like, okay, you made you made revision. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, we won't know because we don't have enough info to sift through it. But I think there's all all those scenarios are all yeah. kind of playing into it at once. That's what I'm saying. If this is a new style, which I had never seen this before, it doesn't taste new. But maybe we're missing something. Yeah. Maybe we need to do a little bit more research on this. Keep our eyes out. Maybe it was a flash in the pan. A couple places made one. It's not going to be kind of a thing anymore. Still a great beer. Still a great oh, yeah, beer. Oh, yeah. This is I definitely... I don't think it's... Because of what we're talking about, I don't think it's as advertised necessarily. I think this is just a really great hazy. Yeah. It's very... It's crushable. It's crushable hazy. It's right? good. It's good. Alvarado Street still making amazing beer. I'm not like... Hmm. As much as we're unpacking the things that we are confused about, it's still great. Yeah, I think the only thing holding me back from buying more of this would be the fact that they did use uh, some sort of hop in here, whether it be Citra, depending on how they use Citra, or some other type of grassy hop. Mm-hmm. It would be so much more drinkable if they used more of a fruited, uh, fruit-forward hop, like a Mosaic or a, mm-hmm. like even the Strata we just had, or a Chinook or Eldorado or something like that. This would be a killer beer. This would be amazing. <clears throat> yeah. But but also maybe they used a more bitter, um, more grassy hop to teach you to slow down and drink it slower and kind of like you know taste your way through it instead of just throwing it back. Which some of those those hazies that I like and you like, we can just put them down. You know. Yeah. You just as much as I hate to do that, sometimes I just I'm really feeling a beer and I just throw it back. So. Yeah. So, we're, we're also going to drink a ball of 2019 Goose. Ooh. I wanted to rank the cans. Yeah, before we drink the Goose, because the Goose is going to be like, if these cans are here, the Goose is like a mile down the road, right? Not, I mean, and I can't even compare the Goose yeah. to these cans really anyways, because they're so different. Huh. So, well, which one would you rather have? Goose. Yeah, um, so. <laughs> um... <laughs> So look at the cans. Mm-hmm. Think about your rankings. Yeah. You're gonna go first this time. Wait, wait, wait. Let me think about mine before I let you influence me. Mhm. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So. Go from bottom to top. And go from right to left. Okay. So so right is top or right is bottom. Right is bottom. Right is bottom. Okay. So, I'm going to say this. I'm going to put these cans in a group. 
There's nothing with that group. I'm going to say number four, the bottom, is the Surly. Okay. And it's not because it's a bad beer. I'm going to call it maybe a power bottom. It's very strong. But in this lineup, I don't think it's uh, any better than any of those three. Okay. It's a very good beer. I liked the uh, – I always like stone fruit, you know, when it comes to beer. So okay. most of the stone fruit beers that we've had, the ones that are really good are from San Diego, which is surprising. This came from the East Coast, almost the East Coast, Midwest mm-hmm. kind of, right? So that's good. It's awesome. It's exactly what it says it is. It's just not my favorite from the four-pack. Okay. I would say next, African Queen, number three. Mm. I know you're going to disagree with me, but as far as uh, enjoyability, it's number three. It's definitely different. It's unique. I appreciate what they did. I like how it tasted. I think it is better than the Surly when it comes to the stone fruits. Okay. I agree. Uh, it was much more interesting to drink. Um, it's you know it changed a little bit on you as you got you know you start with the kind of the herbal, uh you know earthy flavors and you worked your way through as you got used to it, as your palate adjusted you got more of the fruit out of it. What that's really interesting to me. I love beers that change on you. You think you know it and it changes. That's good. It keeps it interesting. Number two, I'm gonna put this. Okay, good God. The way your hand was yeah. going, I thought you were gonna grab the the burgeon. No, no, no. Smack so, you. Number two, I'm gonna put the froth bite. Um, it's very similar to one of my new recent like favorites, Revisions, one of my, my favorite breweries. They make a lot of good hazies. Um, I don't know if this beer came out the way they intended it to because to me it tastes like a lot of stuff that's already out there. Mm-hmm. But that has a, some of that is a lack of information on the can. Uh, some of that might be a lack of our ability to taste the difference. For me, I think it's very much more drinkable than African Queen or... Uh, you know, Rob grabs snacks. Number one for me is the Burgeon um, Interlinked. I just think that is the classiest one here. They were the most transparent. It's the they said, best IPA we've had in a while. And so, yeah, they said, here's what we're going to make. That's good. And here's what we're delivering. And the great part is it's, um, it's a very, very interesting. It's very complex. has a lot of depth to it. But then also what I was trying to do... When we were drinking it, I was trying to like not pay attention. I was trying to listen. I was trying to just sip it. Just put it in my mouth, drink it. Could I get it past my taste buds without freaking out or without, you know, sending signals? It's it's drinkable in a very subtle, understated way. But if you do choose to take a little sip and t- like move it all around your mouth, breathe out through your nose, all the proper whatever techniques, mm-hmm. there's a lot of depth there as well. It's very drinkable, but there's depth there for people who want it. It's kind of like... What did we say it was? It's kind of like Pokemon Go, right? <laughs> yeah. So if you know what you're looking for, there's stuff there for you. If you're new to beer drinking, it's also a safe bet. It's very drinkable. Yeah. Uh, they put the ingredients in the good can. Good for casual players, good for yeah. intense players. I think it's it's a very classy beer. I would definitely give this to someone uh, as a safe bet if they say they're into beers, but you just met them and you like, want to hang out with them. Like it's either like a tailgate party or like you go to their house for a party, or you're hanging out. Is you know, like say you you live in San Diego, and you're going on a date. Take them here or, or a place that has this. I on would do the Virgin or the Froth Bite. The African Queen yeah. is a little bit too earthy, I think. Okay. So okay, okay. So surely I would actually I would to be honest, you could get away with any of these cans at mm-hmm. a tailgating party. I think African Queen is the most. You need to know controversial. what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. 
You can't just jump into it, which is why, for me, we know what we're doing. I put it before Surly in number three spot because we know what we're looking for. We, we found something good there. Yes. So, okay, so <clears throat> what are your rankings here? It's your turn. So, version is the best. Mm-hmm. It's not close. Um, to the detail that they put on the cans, to the amount of ingredients and the types of ingredients and how perfectly balanced that all the ingredients have to be to produce what they produced uh, is amazing. Uh, they have my attention. Mm-hmm. And even if the next two or three I have are average, they probably won't lose it because this one is that good. Um, and you don't make a beer that's that good without being a serious player to some ex- extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Surly is at the bottom uh and that's no disrespect to surly i think pound for pound surly is better than all three of these breweries and it's not close Mm -hmm. so we agree Um, it's just this beer in this lineup this beer in this lineup and this is the best four pack we've maybe done ever yeah because i can't remember a time we did a four pack where we loved everything Mm -hmm. and i've really liked Every single one of these beers. Surly's still fourth to me. There's a lot of diversity here, too, believe it or not. Yeah. Like. Um, now, if you're going based on just how the beer tastes, mm-hmm. I think you got it right. Okay. I'm going to nip Alvarado Street in favor of Ooh. African Queen. Ooh, power play here. Um, I think that, one, African Queen's ingredients are more interesting. Mm-hmm. And if you – I really, really enjoy the fact that it changes as you drink it. It's the only beer that did this. And <sighs> Yeah, it actually was. The other ones are pretty consistent. Pretty consistent. Yeah. And I really enjoy the fact that the more you drank this, the more you got out of it, which leads me to believe if we had, a, had it a second time or a third time, we'd find a new depth to this beer – that we'd really, really appreciate. Also, these hops are really hard to find, and you can't have this all that often. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. And I, as much as I think we can do better as far as understanding what Alvarado Street's doing and putting it out there, I think Alvarado Street needs to be better and put the ingredients on the can. So while yeah. this beer is really great, I don't think it's anything better than Revision. I don't think it's anything different than what Revision does. And I think they're marketing a new style and putting out something that's already on the market. As amazing as this is, it's great. And I don't recommend I don't regret not that's not that I don't recommend. Actually if you think about if you find Frothbite in the store, get it. It's a great beer. Yeah, try it once. Um I I think it's really good. I think everything in this four pack, like I would totally grab again and drink again, mm-hmm. and not for a completely different reasons. Like if I was yeah. looking, like the Surly beer that we had is perfect. If I just want something that's middle of the road, that's just mm. well made, mm. Surly's perfect. If I'm looking for something that has a lot of complexity, um, that I can make it through 16 ounces of, it's gonna be the Burgeon. Oh, Same yeah. with African Queen. I can make it through 16 ounces of African Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say for Frothbite. By, I think I would get bored towards the end of 16 ounces. So here's the thing. The, the thing with Frothbite, um, I just came up with a comparison. I'm a car guy. Uh, Lexus LS250. Okay. Right? Four-door sedan. Luxury car. Look, it's this new thing, guys. Look, it's a super nice, it's, it's a, you know. You get in it, you drive it, and you go, oh, 
This is a Toyota Camry. Cool. All right. I like Camrys. All right. I was told it was something else. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a Camry. It's a good beer. It's a good car. Whatever. It's going to get you there. It's a, a comfy. Nice. But you're like, all right, cool. I get, I get where you're going. I, I see like, what you're doing Hazy here. with yeah. expressive ale yeast. Uh-huh. I like it. Cool. Yeah. Yeast forward. I mean, it's expressive, like the rest of the shit that's just, in the Sacramento area. Yeah, but it just, it's a weird, maybe it's just a, a way to make it stand out without changing what you're I think doing. yeast forward is just like a nice way of saying, hey, we fucked up the hot blend in some ways. There's an argument to be made like, hey, yeah. we, um, we didn't really get enough hops in there. Whatever. Yeast forward hazy. Like, whatever. Yeah. But then also, yeah, that's the thing is maybe we're not equipped to taste it. Uh, maybe we should try a couple more of these yeast forwards. Cool. Yeah. That's the, but all those are fair points. I just think um, as, as far as it is on the on the our end here on the consumer end, we're tasting it. It tastes like a lot of other stuff that's already out there. Right. And so, if you were to judge, okay, based on how the beer has presented itself from the info of the can versus how we taste it, there's a case to be made that froth bites at the bottom. Yeah. Because Surly even does a, a pretty good job of. Listing some basic ingredients. Oh, yeah. And African Queen and Burgeon just blow it out of the water mm-hmm. as far as, like, what they set out to do, how they made it, and they put it on the can. Mm-hmm. And if, I feel like if you take both into consideration, for me, this is the lineup, is yeah. the information's on the can and what did they set out to do. And I think there's a risk in putting it on the can because now people can taste it and see. And oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, we don't even know. Like, even if I would switch Alvarado Street and Red Bus – the froth bite and African queen. If Alvarado Street even put the yeast, they did. What if they just got neutral ale yeast and they used so much of it that it tasted like expressive ale yeast? Or what if they put a fifty-word description saying what they did differently, why it's called yeast forward? Well, right. You know I know, I mean? but like even little... if they just put the yeast, oh, we yeah, could. Just, yeah. If they just said yeast forward uses using blah 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 type of yeast, we could at least hypothesize. A reasonable number of scenarios as to what happened just with that small detail, let alone yeah. a three sentence blurb on what makes it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or we at least not be shooting in the dark. Give us some sort of direction of what we're looking at here. Yes. You know, I think we do know our yeast better than we think we do. If they put it on the can, we might be able to tell what we're doing, you know. I really do. I really do think that. I mean, I'm just saying, like, we can taste German and Belgian yeast much faster than expressive ale yeast. Yeah, Belgian yeast, it's it's so unique. You know, it has that that Belgian. I don't even know how to explain it. Oh, excuse me, it's kind of its own thing. German yeast, you know, same thing. It's got its own profile. Some of the uh, neutral ale yeasts are really really hard to pick up. Expressive yeast. You can kind of tell. I think you and I are, are to the point now where you can, you can tell. If you get handed a new beer yeah. from a brewery, you can tell if it's neutral or expressive. I think that's pretty generic as far as yeast types go. Yeah. I'd be surprised. We haven't looked into it, which I, I want to look into it now. Is it actually called expressive ale yeast, or is that just a uh, descriptive uh, way of talking about the way the yeast makes the beer taste? It's not the variety it's just kind of a generalization. You know what I mean? Like the difference, mm-hmm. like we're talking about mosaic hops, or you're talking about piney hops or fruity hops. You know, is it expressive ale yeast kind of a general term, or is it the type of yeast that's used, like a strain? I don't know. We we gotta look into it. Yep. I think this opens a new door for us here. 
Yep. Oh, man. This is like, um, ooh, nope, not going there. <laughs> cool. That's great for your listeners. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> cool. No, this, trust me. This That's is great A podcast. Not, no, we're better not. We're better not going there. I was going to say, what without saying it, what did we experience this fall or summer? That left us with more questions than answers, other than this four pack of beer right here. The movie. Talking about Blade Runner? No, not Blade Runner. Okay, all right, we're gonna drop it now. <laughs> well, just tell me what movie are you talking about? If I say anything, I feel like we're gonna lose maybe one of our subscribers because I think we only have one lady subscribing. I'm gonna try and do that. What is a movie we saw over the summer? Yeah. That left us with more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. This is this four-pack. It's very good. Uh, presents a lot of interesting no, uh, topics. Frostbite has it, and then Frostbite. <laughs> Frostbite so, is, is it, the, the rest Frostbite of the group, isn't and quite that's... as advertised. And then these are the Avengers, and then Frostbite's Captain Marvel all piss people off. That's there you fine. go. All right. And it's <laughs> you see the preview oh. and you read the can and you're like, shoot, that's gonna be good. And you drink it and you're like, kind of overrated. Like, that's fine. Like what did I just drink? I have to do more research. I'm not even like. Prepared and then you to... do some research and realize that Captain Marvel's a little bit overpowered compared to what she's supposed to be in the comics. A little bit. That's fine. Girl power. Go for it. She can make me a sandwich. <laughs> oh. That one's for you, Miles. Time for Goose? Time for Goose. We got a good story about Goose. You grab the bottle, I grab the bottle opener. Alright. We're going to do this here. No, commercials! I hate you, YouTube. Totally ruining my whole thing right now.
Listen to jazz, huh? Yeah, well, I threw elevator music on one of the podcast episodes, I believe. Yeah, it's the zombie yeah. one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just nice. You know, it's just a nice interlude. Just whatever's on YouTube. Hopefully mm-hmm. it's free. No, don't sue me. There we go. <laughs> All right. And we're back. All right. <sighs> so we got Goose Islands 2019. Released yesterday for Black Friday. Chris and I woke up mm. bright and early at about 8 o'clock. Yep. So we get to Total Wine. I got up at 6. Out in Folsom. I was yep. expecting a line. I got there early and yeah. there was not a line. Yeah, I pulled up to the store and there was a weirdo waiting outside. And I thought, oh, I don't want to get out of the car. I was like, oh, wait, that's my weirdo. It's Chris. Okay. <laughs> get in line with Chris. Sure enough, we met other weirdos. In line. Other weirdos. And there was a guy who said he wasn't an alcoholic. He didn't drink very much, but also had 300 and something bottles of whiskey in his closet. With a very nice cabinet glass you know, door whiskey sign above his closet. And as very a fancy. former bartender, I can tell you, homeboy looks like he's done a lot of drinking in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's the only time I've ever waited out in front of a liquor store before it opened, because a year ago, we found out about Goose Island Reserve. Kill that. And also, the, uh, Goose, last year we found out about the Goose Island Variants, two of which we drank in our Goose Island podcast, which was episode two. Oh, the flight, the one that has geese at the beginning. Yes. Um, All right, so I'm going to let this sit here for a second. You keep talking, and, and I'll we, let you smell uh, a bottle. We uh, drank the wheat wine and oh. the stout aged over, like, cinnamon, orange peel, and chocolate or something like that. That that one was better than the wheat wine, but it still wasn't worth the It's $25 the a bottle. Yeah. Not- I mean, that. the regular Goose Island is 12 bucks or 13 bucks a bottle. You can get two of the regular ones for the cost of one sure. of the other ones, and this is way better. We were also told that there was a vanilla one last year. Oh, I bet that was good. And so we, we went hunting for the vanilla and the reserve, and we were mildly disappointed because they had neither yeah. available. Neither one. But... We did find a third variant was the chocolate cherry version or something like that. It should be amazing. Yes, yeah, chocolate sounds cherry. Sounds amazing. Yeah. And then they also had a vertical flight of the three bottles. They had a 2017, a 2018, and a 2019 in the same box. That's pretty cool. And I bought a vertical box because I don't have enough 2017s. Well, I had – so I have – Pretty sure I have four 2016s in the closet right now, mm-hmm. and before the, goat. the flight, the goat. I had one 2017. So now I have two 2017s. But that's okay, because 2017 was okay. And then... How many 18s do you have? I have the one in the fl- in the vertical. Oh! So I need to buy Ooh, another, another 2018. Well, we just saw some earlier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Alright, take a smell. Ooh. Tell me how 19 smells. Talk about it. Mmm. We good. might have to settle something in December. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 2019 smells pretty good. Oh, boy. See, you were you were talking a lot in the car how I might be crazy and losing my mind. And I was fully aware, or fully um, willing to volunteer. We might have to, to crack open one of those bottles. We might have to crack open. 
Okay, so. <laughs> so we recorded part of the podcast in the car, and we arrived at the store. Oh, then man. we quickly turned off the podcast, started right back up when we got in the store. And then we picked out our beer, turned off the podcast. On the way home, Chris tells me 2019 might be better than 2016. And I told Chris, <gasps> he's full of it. For those of you who don't know, 2016 Goose Island is our favorite beer of all time. The GOAT. And every single time, not even just 2016 Goose Island, anytime we've compared any barrel-aged stout that we thought was amazing to any year of Goose Island... Mm-hmm. Goose Island has wiped the floor with it. As far yeah. as we are concerned, Goose Island is the best bourbon barrel-aged stout out there. We have mm-hmm. not had a better bourbon barrel-aged stout. And that vertical flight we did last December all but confirms that 2016 Goose Island is the greatest beer I've ever had. And then the reason why we did the vertical is if nothing could beat Goose Island... What if Goose Island can beat Goose Island? And that's we, we found out, yes, indeed it can. 2016 is the best beer ever. Yes. So we even cracked open. That's why I have four bottles of 2016 Goose in my closet. And we cracked open one in August. And it was still absolutely fantastic. Like, gave me chills when I took a sip. Fantastic. So we're going to drink this. And we might have to do an episode... Where we compare just 2016 and 2019 Goose Island mm-hmm. to see if there is a new champion. Yep. But read the description on the side of the bottle for 2019 and tell me if it looks any different to you. Oh. Ha <laughs> Yes. Notes of vanilla, toffee, chocolate, burnt sugar, and dried fruit. Dried fruit. That's new. Okay. Vanilla's new. Where's my... Motherfucker, where's my marshmallow and my graham cracker? It's still in there. They're just not as prominent because it's... It's a little different. Because it's toffee and burnt sugar. Uh-huh. And vanilla. Uh-huh. Toasted marshmallow could be considered burnt sugar in the right t- context. Right. Not quite. Here's to being open-minded. Oh. Big whiff. Oh, boy. It's not better than 2016. You don't think so? Well, this is great. You're the guy with the memory. Remember, this is the last time we had any of this was when you and I opened 2016 before you moved to Oklahoma. It's been a few months. This is great. This is better. I think this is better than 2018 and 2017. Mm Mm-hmm. If it's not better than 16, it's definitely right behind it. Yes, I don't like the fruit as much that sits there on the back end. Yeah. I still think for New Year's we should at least think about doing a comparison. Oh, we have to kill a 16. I have four. Yeah, but that's it. <laughs> they're not making 16 anymore. That's what makes this really So they're only good till the end of 2021. So we don't have to kill one. I'm just telling you, we got two years to drink those four bottles. Well, um, we can do one for New Year's or, or Christmas, either one, because you'll you'll we'll be around. I would love to see how this stacks up. This is fresh. It's only been aged a year at the factory versus 2016. 
aged a year at the factory and aged three years in your closet, two years in your closet. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it's it's bottle-aged versus 2019. isn't really bottle-aged yet. So I don't think you should feel bad because I have no. – assuming I have four, I'm pretty sure I have four. If I have three, we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure I have four. If I have four and we do one for your graduation, one for the uh, – We got to do a vertical. We have to do a vertical in 2021. Mm-hmm. So that's two. Yep. So graduation, full six-year vertical would be 2016. Yeah, so that's number two. And then if we did one right now or next... Like New Year's Christmas. New Year's Christmas, that's three. So I still have an extra bottle for a special occasion. Yeah. Hey, if you you have a kid or... No, no. uh, No. (laughs) Fuck you. That's not okay. (laughs) That's more offensive than my sandwich joke. Oh. Which I'm kidding. If for... The feminists that listen, I'm 100% kidding. I know my joke is oppressive. Also, that movie's overrated, and if that's the the model for feminism, then we're in trouble. Um, also, maybe Jordan's just not very good at making sandwiches and needs some help. It's also true. <laughs> and I really like if a girl made me a sandwich, I'd love her forever. Hey, that's um, that's what I take it or leave it. Um, I've given. <laughs> Some friends of mine dating advice, and I've told them if they're talking to a guy, bring him a sandwich. The It'll way greatly increase your odds of him liking you. The way no to idea. his heart is through his stomach. You have to make the Indeed. sandwich. If you went to Beach Hut Deli and bought a sandwich mm-hmm. and gave it to him, surprise him for lunch at work. And like, hey, here you go. Hey, you're cute. Here's a sandwich, and just leave and don't say mm-hmm. anything else. That's all he's gonna think about for like yeah. a week. Yeah, it's definitely a good sign if he takes a sandwich. The mental processing ability of men won't work much beyond. <laughs> she brought me a yeah. sandwich, and mm-hmm. it was good. She brought me a sandwich, and it was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I'm not having a kid in the next two years. Uh, and... So we got a wild goose. A wild goose. Oh. If Logan liked this beer, I'd crack one open for him and his daughter oh, right yeah. fucking now. Congrats to the little, Dumb little uh, prude. Little Miss Walsh. Yeah. Hope he listens to this episode. He probably doesn't even listen to the podcast. No. He doesn't like beer. Remember? Logan, the guy that brings the and best Miles beer, be doesn't right like now. beer. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. Well, we, I mean. Because we like Miles. He listens to the podcast. But uh, Miles can't drink this beer. We would crack one up for Miles and his son, but he can't drink no, this beer. No, we're being nice to Miles. We're being nice to Miles. Miles, I love you. Breaks my heart, Miles. You don't like my favorite kind of beer. It's okay. We like Miles. We like Logan, too. Just giving Logan shit. All the Growler Gang guys. So, see, I was giving you guys a shout-out last week. I was trying to give you guys some props, you know? Texting how proud of, of you, all you guys. No, you're texting how proud you were of Miles. Of all you guys. When? It's in the message that I sent. I sent a picture of Miles working hard. I said, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of all you guys because all of you guys are like this. We all work hard. We all do shit that's, that matters. We take care of our families. And I'm proud of you guys. true. We do all take care of our families. Yeah, and then Miles had to say some dumb shit and ruin my moment. I was trying to have a, like, oh, a strong moment. wrecking a bathroom he, or something. He, hopefully that toilet survived. Uh, Miles, did you ever check? You know, was it, was it a hit and run or a... Yeah. Hopefully, you just got to kill him yeah. the vibe. I'm trying to give him props. And Miles just, yeah. if I say he shits all over, is that too much of a pun? Or a... 
I don't know. So, these new <laughs> tasting notes. Back to beer. Back to beer. <laughs> I'm not 100% sold on. So, I'm going to say this. How like, much different does it taste from 2018 Goose? Different. It's it, The dark fruits or the stone fruits. It, it's a different. Fruits. With the fruits, it's a different beer. Yeah. It's a different beer. Um, it's the same way, like, okay, so, like, if, if anybody listens to metal, like, all that remains. Ooh. After like four albums, they switched vocalists and they switched drummers. You know who else did that? It's a oh. of mice and men. Okay, I think all that remains did the transition a whole lot better. Smoother, uh, yeah, definitely uh, more consistent. Um, but because well, of mice and men, there isn't even a single. Cause I think Austin's gone now. Yeah. So I don't think there's any original members in the band. So that's true. So so all that remains beer... at least still has the guitar player. So this does still taste like 16, 17, 18. You can tell it's an iteration. It's part of the family. It's but it, it's, it's 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 part of the family. It's also its own thing, which is why yeah. I like when I listen to all that remains music. Like Ollie Herbert is very clearly such a voice in writing the music. Like you can hear mm. the overlap and sound. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go through like Killswitch Engage's music when they switch vocalists, they pull that transition off pretty nicely. Um, yeah, ACDC. Yes. Um, it's different, but it's good. Am it's I going to piss you off if I say Van Halen? Oh, no. This is... Uh, Van Halen pulled off some transitions with that pretty well. They had like three different vocalists. Uh, it's disputable who is better. I think that just depends on who you're a fan of more. Who? What's the dispute between? I am um, a fan of the... Uh, David Lee Roth, Van Halen, early days, like 1975, 1980. Mm-hmm. Versus? Sammy Hagar, like what dreams are made of. Um, um, humans being, you know, that, that, that's a whole... You know... It's a different Van Halen. They should have changed names. They're pretty great. They're great, but they're two different bands. And it's, it's hard to argue that with people. Uh, a lot of people think that Sammy Hagar is the superior uh van halen vocalist and I actually uh, joked about this on letter can it made me mad that's one of the only things i don't like about letter can <laughs> but uh, i've waited so long to hear a sentence constructed in that manner about yeah. that show because that comes out of your mouth it's just one of my only beefs with letter Kenny is one of their lines uh squirrely dan says that david lee roth is the inferior or no he says sammy hagar is the superior van halen vocalist and yeah sammy hagar is a better vocalist but when you put him in van halen Van Halen gets ruined. It's kind of like when um, Rage Against the Machine and Chris Cornell team. Yeah, up. fuck you. Audio Slave's better. It's a different band. They renamed themselves. They rebranded. Okay, I appreciate fine. that. But what if they called themselves Rage Against the Machine? No, that's dumb. That's dumb, right? You can't do that. And so that Van Halen continuing on with the, uh, Sammy Hagar and saying they're the same shit. It's different. It's not the same. It's completely It's like Hinder just dropped a new album in the last year or two. With a brand new vocalist and a completely different sound, and I can't do it at all. Yeah. I don't even, like, love Hinder, but, like... Like, call yourself something else if you're different. You know what I mean? But, so All That Remains pulled off that transition pretty well, actually. With a new vocalist and a new drummer, they... Okay. They hey, formed a distinct sound that is very much theirs. If you listen to their old stuff, it's very different, but also... If you listen to the Pivot album, it's also, in some ways, kind of a natural transgression. Mm-hmm. 
and their drummers both throw down. So okay. um, it's not as big of a deal. Uh, that's what this kind of reminds me of. Is I feel like this is a different beer. This is yeah. a great beer. Uh, it's better, it and to different. be clear, it is better. Is at least better than 2018. <clears throat> yeah, there. I appreciate them um, trying to change things up from year to year, keep it interesting. I mean, I wouldn't mind, honestly, buying the same beer year to year because it ages for five years and it changes. So you just do and that's another thing is right? buying a couple more of these bottles and seeing how it changes. Mm-hmm. We like the stone fruit might disappear. It might come out more. Yeah, we, we um, tend to notice that some of these darker beers, the fruit does kind of. Well, the side tails from Great Basin have a lot of those like those dark fruit characteristics that mm-hmm. we really enjoyed out of those beers. And I'm yeah. not saying I don't like it. I'm saying in the spirit of tasting Goose Island, I don't like it as much. You know. That's kind of the thing. Sorry, I'm looking at some stuff up here. <laughs> you feeling it? I'm full. You I'm are? good. Okay. You sure? Yes. Okay. You can order as much food as you want. I am mm. totally good. I don't drink very much anymore, so I'm pretty full off all this. Well, and you, you live here. I gotta drive home, man. Um. So you're saying if I did Taco Bell, you wouldn't want any? I'd probably get a little bit. <laughs> Oh, anyway, sorry. Continue. And I'm just saying the fruit. The fruit to me is out. The fruit makes me think they should consider changing the name. You know what I mean? Yeah, the fruit definitely is very strong in this. I did like the s'mores kind of stuff, the toasted marshmallow, the mm-hmm. graham cracker, the chocolate. This is one of the few barrel-aged beers that did chocolate really well. You know, sometimes they do a little bit too much. On some other beers, uh, sometimes as much it's as the therapy. other, the new flavors will present marshmallow and graham cracker in their own way. They'll present like the essence of those things. Mm-hmm. Changing the additives in this beer removes some of the subtleties in those flavors that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I think you have a point. I think we should buy probably a six pack of this at least and see how this changes over the next couple of years. You know, see if that fruit flavor diminishes and maybe it's just overpowering some of those other flavors that we're used to i don't think we like. we'll need more than two or three all right well they, for uh, between us two or three i might get a couple more for myself um, this is like crack to me this is like my favorite thing ever because i feel like we're, we don't do the the verticals every year Mm-mm. and to be honest i don't really want to drink through like six bottles of goose island every oh, new year's because it just sounds like misery uh um, your kidneys black that's so much beer <laughs> It's as actually so. Do you remember? It wasn't Vikings funeral. It was a different beer. When you and I were both using Tavor, the beer delivery app, mm-hmm. we bought some really crazy barrel aged stouts, and we were at my place putting one in the fridge. And we dropped one. That was Viking funeral. It was Viking funeral. And it still left it a stain. Stained the concrete. Yes. Mm-hmm. But these these beers, man. You start drinking like like he's saying five or six bottles of this stuff. I mean, it has to turn your liver black. It has to, because it's just like drinking tar sometimes. It's so syrupy. It's so thick. I remember because I bought so two bottles, good. and they were like $13 a piece. And when it hit the ground, I remember like 
starting to tear up a little bit. Like, I was so upset. I was like, oh my gosh, we just... Whew. It smelled pretty good. <clears throat> yeah, and then the broom swept it up, and I was sad. And then your mom got mad at me for standing the concrete in her garage. <laughs> yep. Things you never thought you'd get in trouble for. Your beer stained my concrete. <laughs> Damn kids. <laughs> so, on its own, let's not compare 2019 Goose to any other Gooses or any other beers. On its own, what do you think? It's pretty great. It's pretty great. You see what I was talking about in the car, though? Like, I'm like, man, this is a good beer. This is good. This is a good beer. I think the problem, though, that I had was the conversation was it could take down 2016 Goose. I don't even think this could take down Molo Blaster. Do you think Molo Blaster is better than this? Really? When it was fresh, yeah. Well, you have a Molo Blaster we can crack open at some point this winter. Okay. And I'm down to buy a couple more of these just to kind of experiment we around do, with some more I mean, we beers. Could, I have three more dark beers in my desk. Okay, so here's All the right? thing. That we can compare I haven't done too. a ton of drinking since I've gone away to school. Uh, so we got to do some like training days of right some here. lighter stuff. No. Up. no. I, full transparency, I'm feeling this one too. This, this is hitting me. That's why I pulled up the DoorDash app. Uh, Didn't order anything. I might get some on the way home. but I'm not even Ooh. super buzzed. I am full. Oh, okay. I am full and buzzed. Um, I mean, I'm a little bit. I could... You know, if someone said, should you drive? I'd say probably not, considering it's pouring down rain outside, but... <laughs> yes, we have a massive storm. I don't know if you guys can hear it in the podcast, but it is very loud. Uh, but I'm really glad we ranked the cans without this, because this is so much its own thing. Yeah. It's also the best thing we had, so if we did mm-hmm. rank the cans, it would be better, but... I think it was worth the wait... The one-year wait for 19. That's always what I'm worried about. Is I mean, we do need to go back next year and see if they come up with the reserve again. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Because now my my suspicion is that because they're using new ingredients, maybe they're kind of rebranding. So oh, maybe oh they no, no, no. To... So, so did you go on their website at all? No. So this is really interesting. I was looking for what beers they were going to have. They kind of kept the hush-hush. They had... A lottery system where you buy a ticket and you get randomly raffled on Black Friday. If they pull your name, you get some sort of special version of this beer that was like 30 or 40 bucks a bottle or something like that. Like I, 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 I apologize if I'm misquoting this because I'm pretty buzzed right now, but it was a raffle only and you had to buy into it and then if you got drawn... You had to be at the brewery in Illinois between Black Friday and the end of next week to pick it up in person. That was it. But it was some sort of hmm. extra age special edition Goose Island they came out with. How far is Chicago from Oklahoma? Uh, 800 miles or so. Three days. Put us in next year, and if we win, I will drive. Fuck, man. Yeah, that was my thing. Is that if if we get pulled, it's two thousand miles from me. I gotta fly out there, man. You know, to be get in person. So we're paying, you know, six hundred dollars for a bottle of beer. Not if I drive <laughs> to go get it. 
<laughs> the drive for two days. So you're paying four or five hundred bucks for a bottle of beer with gas and hotels and everything. Unless you can drive eight hundred miles in one trip, but you still gotta pay for gas. We'd pay like two fifty, three hundred for the bottle of beer. I'd rather spend the money on Utopia from Sam Adams. If we're doing that. You're not you know? wrong. You know, I just even at like thirteen dollars a bottle, I mean that's a steal for this beer. This beer's fantastic. Some of the variants, like that cherry one that we got at twenty five dollars a bottle, I'm like, hey, you're you're creeping up there. That's <laughs> you know, I wouldn't want to pay more than twenty five bucks for this beer. If assuming that cherry beer is incredible, sure, twenty five bucks. Otherwise I'm gonna be disappointed. But last year the the two variants we had were yeah. That kind of like mm. But last year we got the leftovers This cherry one This year was the one to have Last year was vanilla This year it's cherry I think that we made a good choice About getting two bottles of cherry this year Because they're already gone We have they're, they're gone That's it We got the two bottles So if we do If we do a Christmas episode We might have to do a three bottle episode We do 19, 16 and cherry just to do a review of this year's varietal release. We didn't get the, the coffee one. I think the one last year was orange and chocolate. This year it's coffee, orange, and chocolate, and we didn't really give a shit. We didn't buy one. No. Yeah, it's not worth it. Not worth For the price of one of those varietals, I'd rather get the get Bottle two. Logic one, if yeah. we're being honest, if we were going to do that. Which is also a coffee stout. I don't really love those all that often. No, the Bottle Logic is a $30 coffee stout. You know? I'm not... That's what I'm saying. I'd rather get two bottles of 2019 Goose than one bottle of orange coffee and cinnamon variety beer. Like, I, I would just rather spend the money on 2019. It's, it's that good, you know? Yeah. Two for one. It's, that's a crazy... The markup is nuts. The cherry one better be really good. You know? Right. So, episodes we need to record, because I do think we, we have some content to put out. Mm-hmm. Moxa. In person. Oh, you want to do like... Okay. We still got to go to Moxa and do a podcast. Well, we're doing a brewery spotlight of Moxa. Yeah. With Crowlers. We're doing flights at Moxa, picking Crowlers, doing a review when we get back. Yeah, so we could do it similar to how we did this one, where we... Talked about the beer scene. Grabbed the beers, talked about it when cool. we're there. that's fine. And then bring it back. Okay. Yeah. We also still need to do a Portland episode. Oh, talked about Portland? Um, well, at least a beer travel recap of Portland. And I then... say we, we do the whole... Let's do a recap of San Francisco. Because we kind of talked about it in this episode where we started off trying beers, going to tap rooms, going to breweries. Sure. So, so the, that Francisco, episode, though, is San Diego, Portland to, Review. Yeah. Plus, because people have heard a lot about our San Diego trip already, so you can quickly recap the trajectory. Uh-huh. Let's just but, yeah, let's go through the trajectory and then. We can but then also just... like, how do we plan a trip? Yeah, because we're gonna and what are we looking for? Seattle in a few months. So. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I think that'd be cool to hear people, to have people hear from us. Mm-hmm. We're talking about doing just a New Year's Eve beer year recap, like a we always do. Year review, yep. And you guys like that one so much? I'll probably uh, I'll try and find some fireworks. Samples this year? There you go. I thought I did that last year. I apologize. I didn't. I don't think I did. But 
the special edition episodes, I do like to have. And some we could even pop. do a homebrew episode. Oh yeah, we'll talk about what we got out of our homebrew while drinking through just like a random four pack or a random beer we have in the fridge and rank the cans at the end. So there's we four episodes we yeah. can record. Yeah. Definitely. So a lot of content coming out from us. Um, I think that's kind of it for the content we have tonight. Oh, you know what? Um, we also talked about was. One thing we've been doing is, is telling you guys to give us ideas, talk to us, give us reviews, suggestions. We haven't had an outlet. So we're thinking about uh, making a Gmail email account or some way similar for you to get a hold of us to actually give us ideas. I think we'll start with a Gmail. I think that's safe. Yeah. Beerbuddies at gmail.com. Yep. And beer, if there's yeah. beer you want us to drink and talk about, if there's breweries you want us to head to and talk about, if there's a city you think would be really cool for us to go travel to, that mm-hmm. all works. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So another fun thing you can email us about, um, I know we talk about uh, the beers that we get in this four-packs. Um, we try to tell you what we're drinking so you can drink along with us. Let, let us know how you think. Do you have a, a contradictory opinion? Do you agree with us? Do you have extra insight? Like specifically, like tonight we're talking about that um, uh, yeast forward IPA. Do you happen to know? Can you educate us on some yeast forward, or do you want to like you know know where to get it? Try it with us. What are your What are your thoughts? For sure. Um, but yeah, we'll have a lot of content coming out for you guys. We'll get that email address up and running soon. And yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good night. All right. Cheers.